All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined alongside by my fine fentel gen f fellow gentleman, Mr. Tubaware and Ultra David. How is everybody going? I'm doing great. Right. As the number one fentanyl gentleman, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> oh, man, that's what I was going to say, too. You took the joke. What right out the of way? Mouth, it's possible. You jerk. How's it going, guys? Going great. It's uh, officially fall. Congratulations to everybody in the world who has a climate that exists as fall. I wonder what that must be like. It's not something that we have where James and I live. <sighs> I've, I've heard that cooler weather exists elsewhere. So, so congratulations to everybody entering that. It's not even that cool here yet either. And I'm in one of the coldest states. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What's it's like 80 degrees right now. Oh, that actually is about the same. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. But oh, it has been, it has, we have had some cold days like in the 40s and 50s already. So hey, we all right, well. It'd be nice if we could have some, it'd be nice if we actually had some sort of explanation of why the weather is actually so much warmer these days. Too bad, we'll never know. It's, it's we'll never know, yeah. I look forward to being a refugee on the coast of Dustin Bay in 40 years, but... In the meantime, let's talk about video games and fighting games and all that sort of stuff. So we have these topics for you today. We're going to be discussing the console wars, which consoles for stupid people, which consoles for geniuses, and which console everybody is going to be picking. Uh, we're going to have an interview uh, with uh, one of the members of Macharino about what Macharino does for the FGC and how he's involved with it. Uh, we are going to go over some tournament results. There were things to discuss, which is pretty cool. We have a bunch of topics for 5-5 matchups. We actually had 10 topics suggested to us for 5-5 wow. matchups. So okay. We have a lot of stuff to get through. What? It worked out perfectly. And then there is other assorted game and community news. Not a ton. There is some other stuff to get to. But of course, let's begin by talking about the console wars. PlayStation. PlayStation <laughs> 5 showcase happened over the past week. Did you guys watch? Uh, I did. I did, yeah. I'm not even... I, I did not see any of the things because I wasn't in the PlayStation one, so I just figured that there was no point to watch it, you know. This guy. This guy. You know, next time someone calls me Hollywood, I'm going to show them this clip. Yeah, I live in Hollywood, and I'm less Hollywood than that. Jeez. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, I watched it. I watched it as well, like Tubo. Uh, there is some news that came out about it. The PS5 will be releasing November 12th for the U.S., Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South America, which is a little bit more nebulous. UK. And <laughs> and then uh, the 19th for everywhere else. The standard edition, which has a disk drive, including a 4K Blu-ray disk, $499.99. The digital edition, as it implies, no disk drive, all digital, is $399.99. Uh, rumors are that the games are going to cost more. In fact, some games are already being listed at $70. And they showed off a bunch of different games. I have all the games listed there. I don't know that we need to go through all of them, but if you check out the run of show, you can see what's there in case you didn't watch or uh, or don't remember. But pre-orders are open now. There's been a bunch of issues. <laughs> pre-orders uh, were supposed to have started on a certain day. Some retailers began doing them the previous day, like right away for whatever reason, and that, I guess, screwed some stuff up, and then there yep. weren't as many as were expected. Uh, but, you know, PlayStation or Sony has come out and said, like, 
we have we're gonna have a lot more and you know people will be able to get one by the end of the year uh, of course since it's coming out in november mid-november that's plenty of time before the quote-unquote holiday season uh where people buy stuff. is that plenty of time i feel like holiday season starts like soon as soon as halloween ends okay okay but i mean it will be ready by the time Christmas and Hanukkah, etc. Come around. Yeah, you're hoping the the kiddies can get their playstations. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, look. That's basically the news. What do you think about the news out of PlayStation? Um, the uh, the presentation was underwhelming. Besides Demon Souls, Demon Souls huh. is super dope. That's what did it. Um, really? Yeah, they didn't. They I I don't care about Final Fantasy. Final okay. Fantasy can can suck eggs, um, wow. and then they didn't show any of the parkour game, so they lost my attention there by not showing me cats. <laughs> Stray yeah. with the the the, the, yeah. the game with the cat and the uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, with the backpack, the cat with the backpack, yeah. dude. Piece of parkour action. That's what I that's what I came there for, and they showed like a three second clip with no gameplay, so yeah. that sucked. Uh, they didn't show anything about Ration and Clank, so whatever. They didn't announce any fighting games, so whatever. <laughs> no so, bug snacks. <laughs> only thing that it didn't... Uh, two things I, I had predicted. Yeah, no no bug snacks for Hero. I think that's the only person I know that's excited for that. I'm excited um, for bug snacks. Oh, there we go. Ben David, too. Uh, I thought it's it was going to be $100 more expensive than they are selling it for, so good on them on that. And I thought we were going to get a pre-order now at the end of the presentation, and we didn't get that, but then, like... Tweets two hours later, like, oh yeah, by the way, you can pre-order it today. Yeah. So, whatever. Like they yeah. they dropped the ball there. They should have just been had retailers ready to do their pre-order thing right then and there to kind of one up Xbox. Um, so you were yeah, six hundred dollars. Yeah, I thought I thought the disc version would be five ninety nine. Wow. But yeah. it's cool that it's not. It is. Cool. I wish they. I wish they had a monthly payment thing like Microsoft yeah. I could maybe. I was about to say that, like, I, I was sad that the PlayStation didn't offer any sort of monthly payment plan like the Xbox. I was hoping that they would take a cue and just be like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do that, you know, but unfortunately, no. So, uh, I mean, look, I just, uh, that, I, that basically means I don't know when I'm going to get a PS5. And, and frankly, I'm not really in any hurry for it either because Final Fantasy 16 is not going to come out until what, like 2022 or something like that, they said, or something crazy like that. I don't even remember, but I haven't even played 15 yet. So, <laughs> okay. So, what about I, some other games, including Spider Man Miles Morales. I thought yeah. the scene of them walking around looked pretty cool. Was, I, it was nicely done. The thing is, man, it's not like a true sequel. I right. really love Spider-Man 2018. I love yeah. love mm-hmm. that game. I played through it twice. Yeah. Um. But it's not a true sequel. It's a spinoff of that game with some slight upgrades, and it's a prettier version. But also, I'm not expecting to be blown away by something that already kind of is, is, exists. But I mean, yeah, words are hard. But wait, wait, wait! You just said that you were blown away by Demon Souls. <laughs> Yeah, but Demon Souls is a uh, a remake, not a remaster. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, so in, in my eyes, it's like a brand new game, and and I never played the original, so it is uh, in my eyes completely a brand new game. Okay, okay. And it looked it absolutely gorgeous. Fair yeah, enough. it looked good. It looked good. Um, as far as Spider Man goes, I feel like the only time that I saw anything that was player controlled was while you were walking around, because I think once combat began, it was entirely QTE. I don't know. I'm not very interested in it. 
Uh, I am looking forward to, I'm not going to buy this, but I think it would be hilarious to buy Hogwarts Legacy and create a character because you could be such a giant jerk. They're going to have to filter out so many things. They're going to filter out Giuseppe Stromboli for sure as, as a character <laughs> name. <laughs> I kind of hope they don't. I hope they just let it ride. I hope they don't too, yeah, but we'll see. Um, there was Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So just in case you want to play act uh, being uh, uh, basically an international terrorist under the the <laughs> control of the United States government. That was the one with the really sure. terrible uh, the, the trailer, it. right? With the, the that first with came out and it was like, let's take out, let's take out, you know, all of the, the uprisings of people of color. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that, that, was, that was a Ubisoft game. That, oh, that's something else. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, so they're all that way. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, pretty much. But okay. this one is still, like, pretty jingoistic American. You know, it's all duty. Exactly what you would think it's going to be. <laughs> uh, and then there was, I think Deathloop looks pretty cool. That sounds Deathloop like a big fat no for everybody else. No, Deathloop does look cool, but I need to see more of it first. Okay. If they're going, if they're going to do what I think they're going to do, awesome. But they they haven't shown enough. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see gameplay and how the mechanic they're showing off works. Right. Because if it doesn't work perfectly, then it's going to be a whack game. It's like Majora's Mask for shooters. That's my what take anyway. Uh, and then I think Oddworld looks pretty good, but like I just think that those games are interesting in general. And then. There was also big announcement on PS Plus, Mortal Kombat X. <laughs> yes, huge announcement, huge announcement. I, I couldn't wait to play the six-year-old Mortal Kombat game on my brand new console. For sure, absolutely right. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't even realize a, now that it was X, not eleven. It was X. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, X. Yeah. It was X. Well, and then they also well, teased the see, new God of War game. But see here now. NRS can go back and play the old games, right? It's a rebirth of X. It'll be like their ST. It'll be like their ST going back to a four, like to a six-year-old game. I mean, wait until the five-five match. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, they, uh... I was about to say, obviously, as a big Final Fantasy head and like someone who really, really likes Final Fantasy, sixteen seemed kind of strange to me. I don't know, like. It felt very 12-ish to me. Like, I know a lot of people are excited about the director. I, I need to, Yoshi P, I need to figure out more of the stuff that he's worked on and stuff like that. But 12 was also very political, very, like, seemed very real, like, less fantasy, more like, you know, kind of like, oh, it's political and here's these states and all this stuff like that. And, uh... So this one felt kind of similar to that. And 12 was one of the stories that I kind of wasn't hugely into so i'm curious about this and i'm gonna need to see you're ready to be disappointed again james because that was a typo it's not yoshi p it's yoshi o yoshi (laughs) taking over for final fantasy 16 so i hope you're ready for that man they were just one letter off on the keyboard right there now i'm just expecting three two one chocobo (laughs) you know or you're welcome. Or he could yeah. say uh, Quest. He's carrying around a little cactuar. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out right uh, now. Like, really well. 
Are you are you more of a fan of que or guac? That's, that's always the question, right? Are you more of a que or a guac kind of person? So, three, two, one, coupo. There you go. That's the one. That's that. That'll work right there. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 I don't care about Final Fantasy, so I'll let James be the decider if that's exciting yeah. or not. Uh, I'm not going to buy it either. I mean, I I don't have anything against it, but I just know that it's the kind of game that would take up time that I'd rather not like slavishly devote to it, which is probably what would happen. Right. So I'm not going to not going to do that. They also teased a new God of War game, and then I saw one of my friends who works on God of War, and he had a tweet that was like, winky face. So that was cool. And there you go. That's the PS5 news. So I'm I haven't pre-ordered one. I don't know, I don't know if either of you guys have, but I have not pre-ordered one. I'm not planning to pre-order one. I wasn't planning to and have not pre-ordered a Xbox series. And that's kind of how I'm going to be living for the foreseeable future until there's games that are announced that are must-buys for me. Other than that, I'm just intending to do the same thing I'm doing this console uh, cycle, which is play on PC typically. If there's a fighting game that I really need to buy uh, on a certain system, then and there's it's not just going to be one game. If there's multiple, then I'll get that system. And other than that, I'll keep playing the Nintendo Switch probably. I don't yeah. know. The yeah. real best console. Until there's a fighting game on one of the consoles that's played by the FPC, I probably won't buy one. I mean... I'm broke. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't go drop $500 on a console. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think the winner so far of the next generation is probably Nintendo. <laughs> well, before we talk about that, let's just go through the Xbox stuff because there was news for that as well. In that Microsoft acquired Zenimax Media. You know, your favorite company that everybody knew before this news. Right, right, Zenimax right. Media, <laughs> which uh, owns. Bethesda, which makes Elder Scrolls and Fallout, Id, which has Doom and Quake, Arcane, which has Dishonored and Prey, Tango Gameworks, which has The Evil Within, and Microsoft paid $7.5 billion for that, which is more than Disney's purchase of Lucasfilm, which was $4.05 billion, and also more than Disney's purchase of Marvel, which was $4.24 billion. So this Buying this one company is almost as much as Disney paid for both Lucasfilm, Star Wars, and Marvel combined, which is yep. pretty remarkable. Pretty remarkable. Yeah, what big the deal. hell? Huge amount of money. Huge amount of money. Yeah, how did you not, which did you studio know was that for $7 million? You know, Max Media, your favorite, that everybody definitely <laughs> That's knew about. That's the same one you were talking about? <laughs> Yeah, well, I was because, like, I mean, I was like, David had to have mentioned another studio in between Zenimax Studio and seven million dollars, no. <laughs> billion dollars. Yeah, billion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he did. He mentioned ID and Bethesda and all these other companies that were owned yeah. by Zenimax, which is exactly. You know, yeah. Oh, okay, like, okay. It's like it's like one of these situations where okay. there's just some faceless conglomerate that owns like yeah, all of the snacks yeah, yeah. that you like to eat. And you don't know the name of the company right, that right. them all, but like there is some parent company. It's that kind of situation. So Zenimax Media is now in Xbox, which means that they have all these developers in house essentially. And yeah, and this is this is a this is a problem, right? Because this is going to try to the, the reason why they're doing this is to generate the exclusivity, right? So that way, Bethesda games are only going to be on Xbox, and they won't be on PS5 anymore. You know, and this is this is the goal of this kind of thing. And, you know, 
one of the hardest things about media these days is the fact that, you know, when Netflix first came around, we're like, this is great. Everything's on Netflix. And then now it's split to Disney Plus and Hulu and Peacock and HBO Max and all this shit. And like, it's just going to keep and it's going to get even worse on the consoles now. So uh, I think console exclusivity has existed since. Yeah, but it's never been like this, right? I mean, I think if they bought absolutely it has i think so i mean what's what's different between mario only being on nintendo now and mario only being on nintendo in 1988 it's the same thing yeah but i'm i'm talking about for i mean nintendo has a niche audience right niche is that they're they're targeting specific people for the people who want to think about whether to get a ps5 or an xbox series whatever the heck it is called uh, now they probably have to end up with both at this point. So, I, I mean, they, that's that's most gamers they can afford it will buy both regardless. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's a, a real issue. I think, you know, before if you wanted to play Final Fantasy, you had to own a Sony console. You couldn't play it on Xbox 360 for a very long time. You couldn't play it on the original Xbox for a very long time or GameCube, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I don't I don't think I don't think it's any different the way than what it used to be. It's just Microsoft pulled their dick out and made a huge purchase. And now they own Doom and they own uh, Elder Scrolls and they own Fallout and they own all these other games that yeah, people are gonna want to play, but I don't they're not gonna make a profit off this deal for ten plus years right, probably. Right, like they're right. a big risk to do this. They're hoping that Man, not this gen- generation of consoles, but maybe right. next will but, I mean, is what I'm, what I'm thinking that they're they're yeah. trying to do here. I mean, even people in the chat are trying to say Mario is universally loved. I mean, that's not even necessarily true because everybody who is a Xbox or PS fan person or whatever that can't play those games are like, oh, Mario is for kids. I don't want this game. It has colors and it's like fun and it's like has like creativity you know and they basically are going to get to the console wars at the end of this but there is a little bit more to say uh which is that microsoft will actually still honor a couple of the games being ps5 timed exclusive yeah i was was gonna get there as well too Uh, ghostwire tokyo and deathloop are already announced as being exclusives for ps5 even before this purchase happened and so microsoft said okay we'll keep those going those are going to be timed i guess at some point they will be on both but yeah, I mean, presumably in the future, they're thinking about having it be console exclusive. I mean, I would think, but um, but e- even that is not entirely right because they will be on both PC and right, and right, Xbox. right. Uh, so you have a little bit more leeway. And then, just as a reminder, the Xbox Series X is four hundred ninety nine dollars. Xbox Series S is two hundred ninety nine dollars. They both released November tenth, so just before PlayStation does, just a couple of days. Yep. And I mean, then, yeah, that's how it almost always is. Note here. Because this naming convention is stupid and hilarious. Sales of Xbox One X were up 747% yep. today. And Wonder you what? have to think that these people were not out there buying the last generation console on purpose. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. These are people who are trying to pre-order either the Xbox Series X or the Xbox Series S. And they made a very understandable mistake, which is to confuse those two names with a name that I've already forgotten. I have to read it here. Xbox One X. Yep. So, I mean, no one it's... thought it coming. Not once did anyone mention that these naming conventions were very confusing. Now, I never once saw anyone say that. Not a single time ever. I mean, look, 
at this point in time, the, Microsoft's probably filtered out that because when Xbox One first came out, everyone was like, this is a terrible name. And then they were like, whatever. And then they changed it to Xbox One Series X. And then they had the Xbox Sex and the Xbox Bone and whatever. I mean, like, the names have been terrible since the beginning. And, and there's just no, no, you, you, there's no signifier. Whether which one is better, Xbox One or Xbox Series or Xbox 360 or right. Xbox, and I mean, there's just no way to tell. Like why PS5? Very obviously the progression. PlayStation, PlayStation One or Two, PlayStation Three. I mean, like, four. how is it's one so better than 360, which is better than one? And, and, you know, like what? So what I've heard, I've read from marketing folks is that uh, very low information people sometimes think that things that are named, that are, are numbered higher are the fancier version. So if it were to be Xbox, what is this? This is Xbox 4, right? Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox Series. This is Xbox 4. Is that worse than PlayStation 5? PlayStation 5! has more numbers it's higher maybe that's the better <laughs> one so what i saw somebody suggest is why don't they just say like this is xbox six why not it's as stupid maybe less stupid they windows they went from windows yeah i know 10. i was about to say they skipped exactly windows right. nine yeah just come up with something who cares it would be better it would be more justifiable and easier to you know what they could have done actually this did would have made the console fly off the charts. Because like you said, Xbox 6, I don't think is as enough. They need to emphasize it more and call it the Xbox 666. That would be the way, I think, that they could convince everybody that it's that much more powerful than the PlayStation 5, right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. It I definitely I think that would be the perfect way to do it, so... Doom is a could be in the future an exclusive Microsoft product, so maybe maybe <laughs> nailed it. On the other hand, on the other hand, do you think that this was all intentionally obfuscating, all intentionally hiding the ball, so that today some people would accidentally buy the old system? What do you think? What do you think? No, uh, no, because a lot of those people are just going to return them as soon as they realize the huge mistake they made. Yeah, I, and honestly. I just don't think they're smart enough to realize that this is the confusion that they're generating here. Like, somebody in, like, I've been in enough, like, marketing meetings and stuff like that, that somebody's just sitting there and they're just, like, making these names up and they're like, this is a clear and concise explanation and we're trying to go with the phone models now and name them this way and da da da. Like, there's definitely something that somebody is sitting down and they have some weird corporate discussion that this makes total sense while that one person in the back of the room who can't say anything is like what the hell are you guys doing like where what is yeah. this you guys are doing and uh the secretary is like what do you want me to write down xbox series what are you talking but like they can't say that i mean it is yeah. clearly that one comic that got memed you know memed with the guy you know who says something in the meeting with his hand on his hand like and then they throw him out the yeah. window and he's like what about xbox four <laughs> and then they throw him out the window dude 100 percent yeah yeah, for sure. There's some, there's some internal discussion that has become so dislodged from anything relating to the real world that they they can't bring it back, right? I mean, that's right. I've been in those kinds of discussions as well, where by the 
tenth time you meet and talk about it, you are no longer like dealing with the initial issue of like what's the name now you have the the secondary issue of okay we've established that x or y we've established that z and a and you sort of go all the way around and then at that point you're no longer just thinking like why don't we name it the one that comes after the one that was before like yeah. it's you're just too far gone at that point uh, there's stuff they should have went with nintendo naming convention and not named it what it what the predecessor was. They should have they should have eighty six to the Xbox name, I think. Yeah. It would have been a lot better. They should have just came up with a whole new console. It's, it's too they, hard they, now. They want they want Xbox to be the Nintendo, right? Yeah, so obviously Microsoft uh, owns Xbox, but yeah. they wanted Xbox to be the to be separate in some sense <laughs> from Microsoft. I love Azor's Azor's suggestion they should adopt Capcom subtitles. So yeah, instead of Series X and Series S, it should have been Hyper Fighting and Super Turbo. And then the next version, they could call it Jetta's Damnation, you know. And and I think that's the right way to go, actually. Yeah. Uh, EX Two yeah. Plus Alpha, you know. They absolutely screwed up the naming convention. It's horrible, and I just feel bad for all the kids that are going to open up their brand new Xbox One. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, and even thousands of them. Right? I mean, honestly, like, think about how many kids. It's not five. It's not ten. It's not a hundred. Is it a thousand? Honestly, a thousand. Minimum. Yeah, for sure. A lot. Dude, and the worst thing about it is, like, we're gamers, and we can't keep it straight right now. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They really should just go the KOF route and just call it the Xbox 2020, I swear, you know, or... Microsoft has made tweets where they screwed up the name. Like, they don't have it right, so... (laughs) Oh, poor it's, social media. It, like person. internally, internally they don't have a right. So man, just imagine how bad it's gonna be come Christmas morning. We're gonna see so many videos. Um, oh yeah, their, we will. Their kids are opening up that thing they wanted, and they're gonna be so disappointed. Oh, oh my god, that is gonna suck. You're, you're that right. sucks for the parents more than the kids. Like the kids get disappointed, they're over it in a day. They, the parents feel that shit forever. Yeah, they're gonna that be. Sucks. They're gonna be filming him. Like, oh look, this my new. You know, and the, imagine, imagine like tearing off the wrapping paper, Xbox, tearing off a little bit more. One. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> that would be so good. Oh, I feel bad for everybody involved. How to cook uh, four forty humans? How to cook for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh... All right. So, think about the stupidest person that you've ever known, the biggest idiot in the world. Which console do they buy? The Xbox and... One? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There you go. Okay, that's a good answer. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, if you're looking for an, a real answer on which console wins, I don't think yeah. there's going to be a clear winner. I think sales are going to be pretty even. Only because Xbox Series does have the cheap version. They do have the yeah. payment option, and they have Game Pass. Game Pass is fucking sick. Game Pass is and, a good deal, for sure. Yeah, and, and, and what PlayStation put out as their answer to Game Pass was laughable. So yeah. that so, gives Microsoft a big advantage. Game there. The Pass... problem is Sony has way better exclusives. So, way better exclusives. So. Game Pass is literally you just subscribe, and you can play any of the games that are on their Game Pass, basically, right? So... 
Mm-hmm. You're just paying sixty bucks a month or whatever, and and on, on oh, some cases even ten dollars a month. Yeah, yeah way cheaper than yeah. that. Yeah, and you're getting thousands of games. It's, it's yeah. incredible. It's a great deal. Okay. For sure, and you can play on on PC or Xbox, which is wow, so good. And not all the games are available on PC, but a lot of them are. Right, and that's really really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, I think, generally, that I don't feel like there's a single obvious winner. In the previous couple generations, I've felt that, at least at launch, that it seemed like there was right. an obvious winner. 360 was better than PS3. PS4 is better than Xbox One. Yeah, That was basically my thought as well, and it continued to be that way throughout most of the console's lifetime, at least right. at least here, in terms of like sales and stuff. It's like I said, and, I, I honestly feel like the winner of this generation is going to be Nintendo. I don't care what so, they make. I honestly don't care what they make. I just feel like it's going to be better already, so... Well, I'm not buying a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox series. Not for the foreseeable future. Not like until we were talking about... Not until there's a fighting game or a set of fighting games I really care about. Right. Or whatever. I mean, there's got to be something more. And I'm just hoping that that's not going to be until the prices are dropped. You know, I don't know when that's going to be. But, like, I hope that that's... I don't need that to happen anytime soon. Like, the game... We have plenty of games right now. Some of the new games that are coming out even still are going to be out for PS4 as well. And that's fine with me for the foreseeable future yeah, so i don't feel like a rush to get anything yeah and that i i've never been one who like super cares about immediate adoption of these things but i think that even even less so now even less so yeah i mean the, the one interesting thing is that i read that on all of nintendo's official websites and everything like that all the ds information is gone now like that yeah, they're, that you, they're well, actually it's, yeah. it's officially they're officially no longer supporting it and going hardcore into the Switch, or they're going to come out with the, you know, Nintendo DS Series Y or something like that that's coming out soon. If I'm a betting man, I would be betting that Nintendo's next console is more of a stay-at-home console, and they dual-develop for Switch and whatever their next console is. Mm, I think Switch becomes their portable now. Well, the battery's not super great. Yeah. It's not, but they they can improve Maybe that. They can improve that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's certainly the the console that I play the most. If I'm not playing a fighting game, so I you know I split between PlayStation and and PC when I'm playing fighting games. I play more MK on PS4 because the scene is just bigger on it. Right. Other than yeah. that, I split. If I'm playing just a console, if I'm just playing a video game that's not a fighting game, mostly it's on Switch. You know, sometimes I'm playing on PC, like I've been playing a lot. Of uh, Rocket Arena or whatever, like there's some other games that I play, but regular person gaming is mostly on the Switch still for me. Yeah. It probably will be. Probably will be moving forward. It's super good. All right. Well, I don't know who's going to end up buying which one of these. I guess we'll see. I feel like almost everybody I know is either, like, nobody I know has a strong opinion. Right, like nobody. I'm not aware of anybody who's like, "You're an idiot. You buy the PlayStation." Yeah. Or I can't believe anybody would buy the Xbox. Like, I and and part of that maybe is that I'm in my 30s, and most of us just aren't <laughs> as attached anymore yeah. to well, the idea you know, of a the, console war. The other thing too, I, don't know. I I think the biggest difference, honestly, 
is that the, our, the return of improvement now is just, I mean, like, you see, like, Devil May Cry 5 coming out, new remastered version, blah, 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 with better graphics and stuff, and, like, I look at it, I'm like, is it better? <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's it's like we've gotten to the point right now where does the PlayStation 5 look significantly better than the PlayStation 4? The PlayStation 4, Xbox One, both already looked freaking amazing, right? I mean, you look at the difference between the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, and then the Super Nintendo even yeah, to, like, the N64, over. you know, that whole, the whole process of console improvement was like, I'm not even playing the same games anymore, you know? The problem with PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X is that neither of them really throw that in my face. Neither of them really feel like I'm playing different games now. Because well, literally that's... what we're getting is like, hey, here's the next Call of Duty, here's the next thing, and it's just, I don't know, but like, it's it's not quite the same. I mean, Demon that's Souls for sure, but... I care about like, 4K gaming, though, James. Like, if you had a 4K television and you cared about all that stuff, you would feel differently. But you don't. So but the, that's but the updates are... I mean, it's less... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of, of course, of course, like the... The technological jumps are going to be smaller and smaller. Yeah, that's the, yeah. right. Yeah. There's no way to avoid. And that. I mean, um, like, do can, there are there are some things in there that are that are big jumps compared to the last. When you when you sit and you I mean, like I feel like when you went from 480i to like 720p, even 720p to 1080p isn't like crazy, and 1080p to 4k, I mean. Do people really see that crazy much of a difference between the two? I mean, there's, there's a difference, but yeah, it depends on the size of your TV, man. Yeah. <laughs> depends on how you sit, you know, like things like that are, are going to come into play. But I I am mostly excited about console games actually running at 60 frames per second yeah. or more. Actually, um, uh, John is right in the I chat, don't... though. The SSD situation is going to be pretty huge for yeah. consoles if the loading is much faster and stuff like that. Yeah. That's going to be one of the biggest differences. Super fast loading. Like in the Ratchet and, Cr and, and Clank, where they're loading right. little things super super quickly, that does look like it could actually right. change how we right. play some stuff. Like That could yeah. result in more gameplay styles. That's what I was saying last week, is I'm really interested to see how good that super special solid state drive in the yeah. Sony console is. Because if it is that much better than Microsoft's, then anything is cross-platform, you're going to want to play on PlayStation. Yeah. So that might be a determining factor, or maybe they're just blowing smoke up our ass and it's just a regular old solid state drive. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Dude, I don't know, we'll see. I guess we don't have too long to wait. It's just a couple of months until those consoles are both out. <sighs> and then we'll be able to watch... I was just going to say, we'll be able to watch on stream to see what those games are like. But actually, I guess I'll be watching on my regular monitors, and they aren't 4K, and I just can't see stuff anyway. Yep, you won't see that so stuff. I probably won't see big differences. I mean, but I does, will guess, I be able to see like loading speeds. That's true. Like that. Have they yeah. talked about the native built-in streaming technology on these consoles? They have right? not on either. Because yeah, they're more, they're way more gaming focused than previously, right, at least in how they've advertised stuff. The thing is, most people do not have the ability to stream 4K, right? I mean, if unless you have your super PC, but from a console standpoint, like, will people have a capture device that's going to just be like, let's capture 4K out of the box? You know, like I'm wondering. 
I mean, you you wouldn't even want to stream in 4K anyways because right. most people wouldn't be able to stream that fast enough. Most people's internet doesn't wouldn't be able to upload yeah. fast enough. Like, right, you're 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 not gonna see anyone streaming in 4K for like exactly another 10 years probably. So that's kind of whatever. The highest you want to stream right now is 1080p. I've actually seen Arturo talk about that sometimes. He yeah. has the capability to do 4K, but there's just no reason to. So nobody the, the can, reason why... watch it. It takes too much space. Right. The reason why I bring that up then is then it doesn't even matter if our monitors can watch 4K or not. When we're watching games on stream, it's just going to be 1080p at best anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, we got to step up our collective games. I, I'm not yeah. going to buy a new monitor for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But if you care about that, time to get a new monitor, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't think that Twitch supports 4K streaming, but you can do 4K on YouTube, if I recall correctly. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's, that's the difference, as far as I'm aware. Anyway, that's it. I mean, there's no other particular, especially no fighting game-related take on consoles so far. We don't know anything about which is coming to where, except that Guilty Gear Strive will be on PS5, but it will also be on PS4, so just do that. And the rebirth yep. of MKX. And the rebirth of MKX. MKX on Fanway, baby. Xbox Series X. It's MKX like I said, man. I hope you still have to pay for individual DLC. That'll make my experience complete. Xbox X on Series X. Xbox X on... No. Oh, my God. Mortal Kombat X on Xbox Series X. It's just a big tongue twister. <laughs> All right. It's tough. I guess it. Anything else to say on this topic? No. No. I'm done with it. Move on. Bring on our guest. All right. Let's do that. Right. Well, let's go to a break because I want to restart everything, see if I can fix the audio syncing here, and then that way I can also prep the interview screen and stuff like that. So, let's... Okay, just so everybody knows, we're going to have Sermi on, who's the senior partnership manager for Match Arena. We're going to be talking about Match Arena and partnerships and all that sort of stuff. So stick around. We'll be back with that very shortly. Yes. So I shouldn't say bad things. I mean, you could if you wanted to, frankly. I mean, David's not here, so we can definitely... Yeah, he's still pooping. We should make some more fart jokes or something like that, so... In his absence, to make fart up... Fart jokes get you on Kotaku. You don't want that happen. To make up for the fact that David is gone, we should just make fart jokes for him. Wanna see some shit? <laughs> oh god. Do, 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 do. Is this is this DMCA free music, James? Uh yes it is actually. Oh okay, good. Cause you're gonna hear from my lawyer Ultra David if it wasn't. I mean god, I hear from him all the time, dude. Like <laughs> You're gonna hear some more. He's gonna hit you with the legal jargon. I, David Philip Graham, henceforth, with the jurisdiction of judges, summons you to court. Some shit like that. Oh my god, my machine is chugging. What the hell? So I'm open it up, James. Clean I think, it all up. I think David is right. I mean, I should just try to just sit down and clean my machine one of these days. You should. You should, uh, you should do that tomorrow. <sighs> it's so hard because every day I'm streaming, you know. Just take take a night off. Stream with your uh, phone camera. 
and well, do a stream of you cleaning out your PC. I mean, I'm IRL doing cleaning my PC stream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm doing Wednesday night fights tomorrow, so I can't do that tomorrow, unfortunately. It takes a couple hours. Let's do it uh, right after Wednesday night fights. You'll be up. Definitely true. Not even proper. No, I've been getting, I've been trying to get better recently, so I'm trying to fix it. But unfortunately, that just means cutting off beneficial stuff to myself. So see, even investigation goes stream the PC cleaning. <laughs> Dude, that yeah, there's something satisfying about that, you know? Like, watching something or something like that. Oh, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to clean, I can just live vicariously. I mean, like, exactly. I would be totally exactly. down to, to stream that. It's just, I mean, my PC, like I said, it's so cobbled together from past, like, formations that there's, like, nine bazillion components and hard drives and all sorts of craziness in there. It'll be a... Yeah, it all needs to be cleaned. So yeah. I can't wait to watch. Uh, Sounds cool. Sounds fun. Just a second, then. You guys ready? Okay. Yeah. No. Nope. I mean, yeah. The screens are all messed up over here. I thought it would be the same as the other one, but no, I'll jump straight to the end. All right, screen. guys. Welcome to the Tupperware Survey Show. <laughs> I'm Ultra David. That's Tupperware. Uh, hey, and I'm Snarmy. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Really wish Discord had did, did the thing where it was like, Proper, uh, okay. Anyways. And uh, I'm, wow. And I'm in James's house in the part of his house where there's a green screen. Yeah. It's just to the right of where he's sitting right now. He has a green screen just, just to the side, which is where uh, I'm Yeah, exactly, yeah. There we go. There we go. <sighs> ah, okay, now I've moved. I have moved Check. over to the Phoenix Wright uh, uh, chambers. Where I'm sure that I'll have a great success rate as a defense attorney in Japan, which has a 99% conviction rate. Cool. Uh, we're going to have Sermi joining us now, who uh, is with Matt Torino. You are the senior partnership manager for them. And we wanted to bring you on to talk about uh, that, Matt Torino, your history with it, and what's going on with uh, Matt Torino and the seat. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Thanks for joining us. Just kind of for the start of everything, I mean, uh, I've recently been trying to run some tournaments and to, to build up some prizes for the, the players there, so I started working with Sermi. You know, he uh, we kind of met Sermi, you know, through the SYC scrimmage. He was, <laughs> he was entering that and playing that, and uh, yeah. uh, I was talking to him about a bunch of the Macharino stuff, and he started hooking me up with, uh, with you know, how to get Macharino set up, and... 
after talking with him, you know, and he started describing to me what Maturino's goals are and how they want to help the FGC, I just felt like this would be a good opportunity to bring him on because I think uh, Maturino can help out with a lot of small-time tournaments, weeklies, and stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, I guess we can just start with, you know, a quick summary of what Maturino exactly is. Sure. So, uh, Maturino, especially within the FGC, I think we're mostly known as those guys with the coupon codes. Um, <laughs> but the platform is actually a lot more than that. Um, so if I can just, I'll go back a bit further to start. Um, Maturino was originally designed as a platform to ensure transparent prize pool payouts and kind of taking care of a lot of the funny business where money kind of just disappeared out the back door and keeping everything public facing. So everyone knows it's on the up and up and to get pay players paid quickly as well was a, one yeah. of the keys. So over time, that's kind of grown with the crowdfunding and kind of trying to give people as many ways to build prize pools as possible outside of just donations, like pairing them up with sponsors. Uh, we have e-commerce and all that tied in too. And kind of as we go forward, we listen to kind of what the different communities want to grow and uh, we try to get them set up with that. So just as an example, um, we're currently... I'm not sure that many people know this yet, but Maturino's actually been doing betas for bracketing. Um, so we actually are going to have bracketing built into the platform hmm. pretty soon as well. Uh, huh. It's It's been in beta for a while now, and we're just kind of getting through some of the last bug fixes. Um, but we just, a lot of, one of the biggest requests from people is like, just give me one platform where I can do all of this, kind of sending people to three different websites has been kind of right. a pain for some people. Sure. So uh, that gives you at least a bit of a background as to what Maturino itself is yeah. and where we're going. I mean, so the, the idea is the idea to have people go there rather than like challenge, smash GG, that sort of stuff with this bracket thing? I mean, if they want, yeah, sure. Obviously, we would like it. Um, yeah. Inevitably, the option is to give people more options. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, how did you get involved with Maturino? So, um, I'm still a relative newcomer to the FGC. Um, mm. I, I've always watched Evo going back a fair ways now, but outside of that, uh, I didn't really know that much, so I've been a lot more involved in the last couple of years. But originally, I was a tournament organizer for a small indie digital card game um, that I doubt anyone in chat has ever even heard of. Um, it, it was, called, what it was called Duelist. It had an incredible pixel art graphic style, and it was basically like Hearthstone meets Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, I am the greatest duelist player of all time. <laughs> uh huh. I, I went by 420 Dragon Blaze It YOLO. Oh wait, that was you this whole time? That was yeah, that was me. Are you serious? I've played you so many I, times. I, I, I was 69 yeah, Jago XX Jago. Oh my small world! Small I know, world. dude. It's crazy. No, no, I, mean, I don't. I don't want to make fun of the game. <laughs> I don't want to rip on the game. I mean, the game has since been shut down. So oh. go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, no. So long story short, myself and Sweebeeps, who's the other head of partnership, we ran tournaments in this game, Duelist, um, and we were put on to Maturino as an idea for how to grow prize pools. Because um, given this was a very small game, not that big of an audience, uh, like we, I would say the competitive player base for it was maybe 60 players worldwide. Okay. Um, so we got extremely lucky, and the, the developers wanted to see this grow as well. They wanted to help their competitive scene, so 
they also gave us in-game cosmetics to sell to help fund the prize pool. Hmm. And long story short, for this season we had with maybe 40, 50 players in it, we ended up raising $3,700 on Mascherino. Nice. For just this, this tiny, cool. tiny indie community. <laughs> and that kind of sold myself and Sweet Beeps on the idea of, like, this is this platform's awesome. This More people need to know about this. Right. And at the time, Mascherino was still fairly new, so we were in talks with the founders a ton, and eventually we talked to them, and they were interested in having us both come on board and kind of help out. Nice. And uh, when we got there, we kind of proposed the idea of having a partnership program. And that's kind of how we got to where we are. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't even know if a lot of people actually are aware of this, but you guys have actually brought Arturo Sanchez Sabin on board onto your company, right? He was one of the first... He was one of the first guys who was really pushing Macharino a lot in the FGC. And so, I mean, what what does he do in the the company right now? I mean... Arturo, I think the best way to compare compare him to a role, he's the preacher. He goes around telling people the good word of Maturino, and he does that by being the best example of how to use the platform. Dang. Like especially you look right now, you watch NLBC every week. You're seeing like seven hundred dollars weekly for Street Fighter going in, most of it going into Idom's pocket, but still. <laughs> Um, so in other it's... words, so in other words, Arturo's running around going three, two, one, Macharino, right? Basically, yeah, he, he's running around running eighty-five different events a week. Right. Um, it's he's an incredible guy to have on your side. Okay, nice, nice. Now, one of the things that I know we talked about, um, you know, when you were talking to me about Macharino, one of the hardest things for uh fighting game community is we're all bad at getting sponsors <laughs> we're all very bad at getting sponsors and by kind of maturino it's definitely first person plural as well <laughs> there's no euphemism there um you are co- basically trying to create Macharino almost kind of like as a mediary, right? Like as a middleman between, you know, the sponsors don't have to sponsor each of the individual events. They create this thing where they are sponsors for events and then Macharino provides the connection to the events, right? It's basically kind of how it works. So, yeah, so a lot of what we do is, it, it obviously, especially for those kind of smaller to medium-sized events, it, it's really hard to kind of get noticed and stand out. Like there, there is a lot of events going on, as I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we try to do to help is we kind of leverage, we have all of these events who kind of any one event is kind of their own small, unique flavor. They're doing their thing. They're doing it well. But by saying, hey, you can get all hundred of these events to be talking about your brand, suddenly there's a lot more interest from the sponsors and right. kind of they can view it as this bigger play. And from our perspective, we can bring this to a lot of people who normally wouldn't have access to it. Yeah. I mean, just as a good example here, uh, I've run the, the SoulCal distancing tournament for two weeks in a row now. First week, I thought I would get like maybe $15 at most in terms of prize money. Uh, I got to $91 in prize money, and that like freaked me out. And I was like, all right, <laughs> that's the first week. That's just the buzz. It's going to die down. And then yeah. yesterday I ran the second one and I got to $114 worth of prize money. <laughs> Triple digits? Okay. Yeah, I and... mean, that, those stories are honestly probably my favorite. Um, another really good example of it, Amanda Stevens ran transitional combat a while back. 
me and Art were talking to her about how can we help, like, what's the goal? And she went, it'd be really nice if we could, like, raise a $1,000. Right. And, I, and immediately, I'm pretty sure Arturo just laughed in her face and said, we're going to raise a lot more than that. <laughs> and then, uh, and uh, she ended up raising over $10,000 for uh, Transitional Lifeline. Dang. Lifeline. And yeah, yeah it's just, great. I mean, that's another area where I tend to get very involved is I'm going back to before my time at Matrino. I'm a big fan of charity events. I love participating in them. I love running them. I love right. being involved. And that's one of the things that kind of, we've been really lucky with Matrino. We've gone to get involved in a lot of events, especially kind of in 2020, I'll say. There was the big uh, Reddit event for uh, Black Lives Matter where the funds got split over four different causes. They raised, yeah. I think it was near $20,000. It was something absolutely Yeah, super it's high. Just, it's, it's nice to kind of get involved in the competitive side, but also be able to get in on these charitable contributions yeah. and kind of help out there. I mean, let's just put it this way. for good, so to speak. Let's just put it this way. Uh, for this little online tournament of 13 people yesterday... First place took home $60. Okay, I gave him $60 of the 114 That's more money that we made during the majors of Alpha 2 and, like, Alpha 3 and stuff, you know? Absolutely. I think I got second yep. place at CVS 1 at Southern Hills Golfland in the very first CVS 1 tournament, and I think I got, like, $20 or something like that, and I was Ooh. able to, like, treat myself to a dinner and my friends paid for themselves, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Even more recently than that, like in Street Fighter 4 when I was winning events in SoCal, if I if I hit 50 bucks, it was almost unbelievable. Right. Like you would go home and be like, Mom, 20, I won $50 bucks, playing yeah. video games. <laughs> yeah, I get first place and I would, you know, yeah, that's that's certainly where it's coming from. But I even that is uh, a while ago. I need to go back to Sermi's story, though, real quick. You said that Arturo laughed in, in her face. Did you do the Arturo laugh? No, I'm not even going to embarrass myself in time. Tune in to LNLBC tomorrow. You'll hear it. <laughs> yeah, just put it, put it on him right there. Uh, and by the way, Art's in the chat. And yeah, he yeah, says that Macharino has raised almost $5 million in four years. Wow. Yeah, That I was not aware of. Yeah, it's, uh, wow. it's really grown, especially the last couple of years. Um, it's... I think we're we're now up to over 600 different active par different partners in the partnership program. Nice. And um, a lot. I think one of the things a lot of people don't know, especially in the FGC, is we actually do a ton of work outside of the FGC as well. Yeah. Um, Dude, I, the the FGC is probably half of our tournaments at this point, though. Yeah. It's it's definitely where we've where we have our bread and butter and where we love working. <laughs> one of the funniest things was, uh, you know, I've been involved in Tepin recently. And uh, I talked right. to, they just had a tournament. I talked to Iowa the boat, and I was like, hey, you guys should start, really should start working with Macharino and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, we have already started. I'm partnered already. And I was like, <laughs> okay, sick, nice, <laughs> nice. Well, so, I was going to say, we have a couple Tepin orgs. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, uh, I feel like that, that a lot of the companies out there who, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead. Sorry about that. So what does the partnership program entail? What, what is that? So is the that? partnership program, um, I'd say at its simplest, it is uh, personally crafted, handheld tutorials. It is people who have experience on the platform kind of working with you, showing, getting you informed on how to set things up, and then kind of showing you how to grow from there. 
Um, it does also entail those wonderful coupon codes that uh, we keep coming back to. Um, we have other things, like uh, one of our newer features. I guess at this point, it's already a couple of years old, so we age fast. But uh, also sponsor quests, which is how we get those sponsors tied in. Um, okay. We also have a... We've recently started up a program to partner organizers more specifically with sponsors to get the organizers paid. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm a TO, like I'm a, I'm a local TO, how do I get in touch with you guys and be part of this? Like, how do I become a partner with Matcherino? Yeah, you just go to matchreno.com slash partnership. There's a little application. You fill that out, and uh, then one of us gets in touch with you, and we find out about you and the events you run. And one of the things I take a lot of pride with in that is no matter no matter your viewership, no matter your player base, we're going to talk to you. We're going to see if, if you're a good fit. Um, I, I especially love giving new organizers a chance because often... They're the ones who are going to kind of try new things, and often new things end up kind of really blowing up. Um, just as a silly example, we really encourage people to use the marketplace to sell like community-based yeah. rewards, like Discord roles or something simple like that. But we ended up having an organizer who just sold a buy biased commentary. You can straight up pay $10 into the prize pool. You will be on stream, and they will be your cheerleader instead of commentating them. That is a really good idea. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's a lot about of what I love at Matcherino is like it, it's yeah we're a cool platform and everything, but it gives people ways to be really creative to help grow their events. All right. Uh, well, before I yield the floor to, to James and David again, uh, I have a personal question. How does Matcherino feel about hiring me to do stuff for them? <laughs> you know. I would love to get more folks on board. Um, I do hope if if things keep going well for us, I'd love to grow to grow the company and get uh, folks like you involved. Yeah, I'm all about it. Let me know. I want to do that type of stuff. Sounds like a Tabo job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I have look. He didn't pay my Matcherino for biased plugging of TubaWare here. I will definitely. <laughs> I will definitely vouch for Tubo as being good at this kind of stuff. So, I mean, he did it for, uh, you know, esports teams and such in the past. So, there you go. But, I mean, not even just from the TO side, but I feel like that a lot of groups out there are missing the opportunity from the sponsor side of thing. Like, for example, you guys got the Collector Cup guys uh, that we've seen at a bunch of the Capcom events. You know, I have them in my marketplace right now. But then not only that, but I also have some of the uh, dynamic custom beadworks. You know, we've seen him at every single event ever, you know. So, like, they're everywhere. And, and, and you know, they're involved in this. And, like, I feel like, you know, Tenno should get involved and start selling some of their shirts on the Matcherino site. And I know Spooky has a bunch of his shirts on the Matcherino site now and such. And I mean, I, you, you got Joe Monday selling Geef's Gym on there. Body Novel right. selling his book on there. <laughs> um, it, it's a thing I love to be able to do, especially for people who originate from in the community. It's even better. I, I want to help them kind of move their product, get them paid, and at the same time, they can help out events. Yeah, and, and by the way, I, yes, I, Yoloni McSwaggarelli, that is the guy with the Dr. Seuss hat. That is a dynamic custom B-Works, yes. Uh, I believe... You definitely just wanted to say that name on stream, but I'm glad that you did. Yeah. <laughs> Strong name. Strong name of the night. Yep. 
I mean, Okamoto Kitchen would be sick. Actually, they could probably sell like T-shirts and stuff like that, right? I should talk. So, I guess here's a question for you: What does it take for a sponsor to become someone that you could add sponsor quests to? Like, so for example, there's the sponsor quests where if you retweet a tweet from this one particular group, you add twenty cents to the pot. Like, it's free. Like, you, you just have a Matcherino account. You put in a coupon code. You retweet something, and you've added, like, 80 cents to the pot, right? And it didn't cost you a thing. So if I'm a sponsor and I wanted to start putting items on there, how do I do something like that? Yeah, in, in both the cases of the Marketplace as well as Sponsor Quest, just talk to me. It's, it's really <laughs> that simple. Once we, get the, once we get the company or the person set up, they can manage everything on their own even. They can choose when to add more money into a quest. They can choose the stock levels for their products. They can add new products, remove products. We've really put a big effort in trying to make it kind of as self-serve as possible. Like You can do it whenever you want. We're not going to be nagging you. It's We're there to help, obviously. And that's kind of my favorite part of the job. But um, yeah, I, we want to work with as many brands as possible and kind of help grow the brand while also helping grow uh, fighting game events and other esports as well. That's pretty cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, what's, uh, I guess this could be kind of a weird question, but this sounds awfully like, like, so nice. Like, what, what's, like, how does, where does, how does Macharino benefit? You know, <laughs> you? Uh, this this yeah. is always my favorite question because people always start look at Matrino. They look at what outline of what we provide and they go, "Okay, this is too good. I'm leaving," and don't even give it a chance. It happens so, especially with the coupon codes. So, I I I, I take a lot of pride on being honest because I think that's a lot of what Matrino is about is transparency as well. Coupon codes are simply there to get people to your Matrino page. Yes, uh huh, uh huh. It's hard to convince someone to just go to a page if you don't have something for them there. If you can convince them to go type in this coupon code, add money to the prize pool, they're already there. Right. Once they're there, like Matcherino, our end goal is the sponsorship connections. We're we're kind of just trying to be like uh, David said earlier. We're trying to be that intermediary. Inter intermediary. Words are hard. Uh, <laughs> between the sponsor and um, the brand. Sponsor and the tournament, not the brand. Yeah. Um, so that that's really all there is to it. Um, we, we try to help as much as we can. Um, a lot of what we do is just to get people there. Like one of, one of the other examples that uh, people always kind of look at a bit side-eyed is we do a lot of custom merchandise for events as well. Um, probably some of the more popular stuff has been on the Reddit Street Fighter fundraisers to get players to events. Those shirts were always very, very popular. And one of the things that I take a lot of pride on on the merchandise is that Macharino takes the cost of goods. That's it. 100% of profit from stuff sold goes straight into the prize pool. We're, we're not in the merch game to make money. We're in the huh. merch game to grow the prize pool, which grows the eyes on Matcherino, which is what ultimately helps us. Right. If tournaments do good, we do good. So 100% of my effort is on making sure tournaments do good. I mean, as a, as a recent user for this, I'll tell you right now, you know, uh, I have this prize pool. I decide how much each person gets. I click finalize the tournament. Matcherino takes care of messaging everybody and giving them their money. I I haven't had to do any work except get people to create a Matcherino account. Outside of that, like I haven't had to do anything. And so like it's it's convenient. 
<laughs> I, and like in addition to being convenient, yeah. the thing that I always kind of tout is we get people paid fast. Like that's one of the biggest right. complaints I see from people is uh, the amount of people I've seen six months to a year later still haven't been paid. It's just it's unreal. And I've been there. That's one of the things I want. That I'm happy Maturino allows people to do. We had that big, um, that worldwide Soul Caliber event not too long ago. Um, yes, the without the borders, of, of right? It was Arturo will surely put it in. Soul Caliber without borders, right? Yes, that's what it was. And mm-hmm. people's minds were just blown because this was a prize pool like thousands of dollars large, and like twenty minutes after the tournament, people were paid out. It's like you can't beat Pretty that. <laughs> and obviously, that's not going to work for everyone. Like there are right. obviously larger events deal with net thirties, net sixties, all that fun stuff. Yeah. But for the kind of the event, lots of the events we deal with, wherever it's possible, it's it's a thing that really blows players' minds. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being paid twenty minutes later after an online tournament is done? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, that's awesome. Super dope. Cool. Well, uh, anything else that you want to mention or bring up? Um, I think I've spent most of it. Check out our partnership program. Super proud of the work we do there. Um, keep an eye on Twitter. We have some big, more big charity events coming out. Uh, if you're a fan of Street Fighter, be sure to check out Monday's uh, Reddit Street Fighter event where I'm helping run an event for Toronto Sick Kids. Um, raising cool. some money there. It's a cause I've cared about for a long time. So I'm really happy to be helping out there. And uh, outside of that, see me on Twitter, I guess. Uh, is your name is on here, right? I think we yeah, have it. Yeah, there's Sermi underscore on Twitter. Yeah, and, yeah and I don't believe you actually exist because you're like doing all these nice things and then you just said you really like care about taking care of sick kids and stuff like this. <laughs> I'm, you, what what position for the government are you running for right now? And, and, and where can we get you hired? Like I, where can I, we get you elected, frankly? <laughs> I am much too honest to work in politics. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you're also, he's Canadian, so yeah. <laughs> that's not going to help. Yeah, it's the, it's the he has one help us. Yeah, that's true. All right, cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. Have a good yeah. one. And uh, don't forget to hire me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, already in the chat, even Arturo was like, I can vouch for Tubo as well. So. <laughs> but yeah, I know a lot of people have been seeing Matcherino, being involved in NLBC. I know Wednesday Night Fights has just started using you guys and everything. Fighting game people are seeing your name everywhere, and I thought just this would be a good opportunity to let people know exactly how it works and why it works, so people can really start to have more faith in this and trust this. So there you go. Yeah, if they want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter. Hit me up. I'm always super happy to talk about it and right. tell people how we can help them. All right, all right, dude. And are you gonna Thank win? You. Are you gonna win all the right. next SYC scrimmage? Yeah, free. free. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> free. Good luck. <laughs> Have a good night. Later, Jeremy. All right, cool. All right. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Oh, look, look at my green screen, guys. No, no. It's we're a big fixed, green. We're fixed now. Oh, dang, the underside. And I'm playing Marvel 3. Oh, okay. You know what the craziest thing <laughs> is that the underside of your cap is reflecting some of the green, or it is just green, and so I can actually see through the it bottom of your cap. cap. It's actually kind of neat. Yo, yeah, you can see right into Fishman behind you. <laughs> What's Fishman's name, David? What are you talking about, Requel? Okay, yeah. Okay. 
Alright, just wanted to check. Just why, wanted you, to check. Why, do you, why do you think that I don't have old school cred? What are you doing? Uh, no, I'm not saying. I'm just wondering if you have Darkstalkers cred. That's all. That's all. Not so. a lot, but I know a little bit about okay. it. Okay, what's his Japanese name? What's his Japanese name? Ding. Uh. Now I'm just being a jerk, so yeah. Now you're. Now you're. It's Balrog. M. Bison is what it is. All right, cool. Well, again, thanks a lot to Sermi for coming on. That was a very interesting talk. Uh, nice setting, setting that up. That was cool. So let's move on to discuss some tournament results. We'll change things up here and just briefly address some of the stuff that happened. Some of it was pretty cool. There was a Capcom Pro Tour Online 2020 for Southeast Asia 2. And this was previously won by SKZ Seth. So he was the first qualifier from Southeast Asia region using Seth. And then Sien also qualified by winning this weekend's tournament using Seth. <laughs> so shout outs to both of those players. Uh, really good matches actually, but you could you could see and I did a little like match analysis break uh, down of it on Monday morning quarters back. You could see how good Seth is. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> it must be obvious to anybody who's watched that game, that character like the how anybody didn't immediately think that that character Oof. Right? Like, there's so many Oof. things. And I, I don't think that Seth's, like, overpowered, per se, but I feel like I can't imagine somebody not believing that Seth's one well, of the best characters it's, in the game. It's, just... it's really just a situation that Seth is the Swiss Army Knife character in the game. Especially with the ability to use V-Trigger 1 and 2 and V-Skill 1 and 2. Right? Sien is using V-Skill 1, and uh, and it's uh, Punk who's using V-Skill 2. But Punk, I think, is using... He, he... Sian, Sian uses both. He used mostly V skill two, V trigger two. Yeah, and 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 uh, oh, I'm sorry. V V skill one is the suction. V skill one is the tandem engine. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I had it backwards. Sian is mostly using two okay. and two, and Punk is mostly using one and one. Right? I mean, it's just, he has that right. He's got an EXDP. He's got a, a way to change his air trajectory. He's got damage. He's got great moves that can cover space, like the standing heavy kick. He's got the crouching heavy kick, which is amazing poke. Like, he is just, like, he has everything. And so, I don't know how anyone cannot think this character's good, like you said, dude. Like, it's... <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but there's at least two sets who have qualified for Capcom Cup. Yeah, but I will say I am super happy for Cien. Like, I have, I've been yeah. a Cien fan forever. I think he's super good, and he actually now is the only player to have been in every Capcom Cup ever so far. And uh, he there's only one other person who... Yeah, there's only one other person who can tie that, and that's Fudo. But right now, Sien is the only one that's officially now has not missed a single Capcom Cup, including that very, very first one where Sako won, that like Chris G was the only person from the U.S. there, and there was like six people or something. But Sien has been in every single one of them. So Sien, huh. yeah. what a consistently strong player he is. All right. Good All right. You. Tekken Online Challenge Korea also occurred. This is basically their, you know, Tekken tour of the year, but obviously it's all online as well. Right, this one yeah, is in yeah. Korea, so you knew it was going to be good. And it was won by 
Wa Moyle, which is how Gerald pronounced it. And when I read it, I'm like, it can't be pronounced that way. But that's what Gerald was saying <laughs> the whole night on commentary. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, that was cool. And he beat John Ding, and I Musician was after that, and Chanel, and Kakomo oh, was dang. up there, and GMCR okay. was up there. So, I mean, it was it was a big, long list. But, uh, but yeah, Moyle won it with Geese. And then after that, there was a super secret boss battle. I don't know if you guys saw this part. Uh-uh. Uh, but after the tournament was over, all right, Moyle had won. There was a super secret boss battle, and the bo- the secret boss was Kudans. What? And yeah, good so secret he, boss. So he didn't. Yeah, it's a super good secret boss. So he didn't enter the tournament itself. Right. He was the secret boss. Okay. And how did he do? Well, he won, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it was super cool. It was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'm not even like a huge Tekken guy, but. I thought it was fun to watch. And shout-outs to Gerald and also a CBM for doing English commentary. I thought oh, it was cool. Really cool okay, well. okay. Nice. What the, Was that on Twitch.tv slash Tekken, I assume, then? I guess. I don't. That's okay. probably what I was watching. Because, I, I mean, know. I see somebody in the chat like, dang, how did I miss this tournament? And that's just a good question, you know? It's just like, was it just not publicized well enough? No, or... it was on Tekken. It was on Twitch.tv yeah. slash Tekken, yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, I, I, yeah, I heard about it. I don't know. Okay. It was okay. out there. Come on, folks. Follow the people and the YouTube and the Twitch channel. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and it was definitely weird hours. I mean, it was in Korea, right? So if you're in the yeah. U.S., oh, that's true. That's weird true. Hours for you. Yeah. And and I and again, I, I, I agree. Watching. I agree with Yoloni McSwaggerelli. You know, of no heiress commentary, oh, Phil's beard man. I just you know. Well, <laughs> there was there were lots of people restreaming it. So if you wanted to watch like Tasty Steve or right. Level yeah, Up yeah, Your yeah, Game yeah. or whatever, they were all restreaming. Right. All right. Uh, there was also Celtic Throwdown over this past weekend. They, again, are on a three-week kind of schedule. Yes. Uh, they're doing it to benefit Black Lives Matter. Shout-outs to the folks at Celtic Throwdown for that. This past weekend were Uniclear, Soul Calibur, and Mortal Kombat. And those were won by, Undernight by, CeeLo with Hyde. And then... Caliber was won by Dexus with Siegfried, okay. and then Mortal Kombat 11 was won by Dat Pro Stunner with Baraka, the slashy boy <laughs> taking the event, number one, probably top tier character, maybe the best in the game, nobody knows. Can we talk about how you're a giant tier whore, David? How I'm a big tier heavy player in Mortal Kombat yeah. because I play Baraka, from, who won Robocop. this game. And Robocop, of course, is known as one of the strongest characters in the game as well. Yeah, so you went from top tier to other top tier. Absolutely. And you know Absolutely. what? I frankly, I'm sick of your tier whoring shit. Okay. Well, I you gotta get used to it. I want to see you play a character that takes real skill. Okay, not the. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna throw some blade sparks at you. I'm gonna swipe you swipe with forward two one. I'm gonna make it real easy on myself and. Pretty much those two things. Dude, he's also playing yeah, Honda in Street Fighter Five, who is clearly Honda. broken. Yeah. You know. Shout out to me for playing all these. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know what? That's my reputation. That's why David has been studying all these Seth matches because all of a sudden we're gonna see this Seth David. Seth David figured me out. That's right. That's my reputation. People have a reputation in their minds of me that I play bad characters, and that's 
Not usually true. I did play Q for a long time. Okay, that's my major mistake. I did play Dan when I didn't think that my hands could be controlled anymore. But other than that, like, I usually play... I'm not playing Bums. I think Barack is better than most people do. I think Honda's better than most people do. Yeah. <laughs> I think Robocop is okay. <laughs> uh, next week at Celtic Throwdown are Tekken 7 and Street Fighter Five. Yep. So check those out. That will be the final weekend of it. Uh, there were a couple of other events. There was a Japanese event called GWO 2020 Autumn, which had a few of the Arxis titles. Uh, there was a Grand Blue event. There was a Guilty Gear event with teams. There were singles as well. There was BB Tag teams. Uh, it was fun to watch. Uh, Gear was won by Ranger. I watched a little bit of the BB Tag, which was won by Shige with Orie Izoyoi and Alcor Makos with Adachi and Akihiko. I just enjoy watching that game because it's so zany. And Grand Blue was won by, it was 4v4, was won by Steven with Lancelot. TNT Rookies with Lediva, or Lediva. TMP Cross with Zoe, and EXE Noble with Grant. Okay. 4v4. <laughs> it was a 4v4 at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but just I want to set it up because uh, Street Fighter Pro, uh, League Pro JP preseason finished. Right. There's this coming weekend going to be some more Street Fighter League stuff discussed. This was won by Higuchi with Guile. And the thing that I want to say about this was that the Higuchi versus Daigo Grand Finals, which was a Guile mirror, was super good. And if you didn't get to see it, I highly recommend checking it out. Okay. Um, extremely, just like just like a classic fundamental battle. It, it's, it, it reminds me of watching like ancient like Muteki versus Kurahashi <laughs> Guile mirrors in Super Turbo, where like one is the offensive player and like he's trying to get in, he's using booms as a shield to get in, and the other one's using booms as like us kind of stay away from me, stay away from me, right? right? And they they have the same exact character, but they're using it in totally different ways. And that was kind of how I felt about this. Okay, I, I think okay. it was super fun to watch. Nice. What was the event called again? Say that it was the the, the prelim. Is it on SFL is... Pro SFL Pro JP twenty twenty? Do they have it on their Capcom Fighters channel? Do you know? Uh, I believe I saw the archive on YouTube. Actually. Okay, okay. I'll look for it. I'll look but, for it. Yeah, it was definitely worth a watch. Cool. All right. Everybody. There you go. Uh, then there was finally a Topanga League X Tekken 7 Season 2. And that was won by Ao with Anna and Fakumram. And second place was a double with Law and Fakumram. And then third was Liquid Gen with Shaheen and Leroy and Fakumram. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, they were all 5-2 and two in the group, but due to... Uh, personal you know, victories and whatever the way that you do tiebreakers there. Uh, that right, was right. the order of them. So, uh, you know, I know that character got normalized a little bit, but maybe maybe still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a shame because Tekken 7 had been so strong for like seven years. You know, people just, you know, talking about how the players loving it, the matches being so exciting. And then just this most recent season with Leroy and then uh, Faku Rang coming out, really kind of, I feel like, put like a little damper on things. And I'd like to see them tweak that and try to get back to how it was, you know, try to get the hype back for it right now. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that that happened. Um, I've heard I mean, things it's, it's about... It's fun to watch. I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously. 
But I heard things about Leroy's development that even internally they were like, this is going to be dumb, let's change it right away. So it sounds like they know from what I've heard, you know, that they, right. they know what they're doing. I mean, so it, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect them just to leave Fakuram the way he is. I mean, the hardest part really is, you know, are they, you know, doing it to sell DLC because it's the strongest character, kind of like, you know, alien and predator claims from long time I ago, just, right? I, just I don't mean, think anybody's never done that. I mean, really, like, my honest opinion about that phenomenon is that no developer has ever actually done that on purpose in the FGC. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because yeah. uh, even when you think about, like... Buy the best character because they're the exactly, best. Exactly, yeah. What do they care about? The people who are, are the, the majority of the people who are going to buy are just casuals. They're not in there to win a tournament. And so they don't, they're not going to know if a character is, like, slightly better than everybody else. <laughs> like, it's just not going to be right, right. a factor for them. And even if you look at NRS, like, there's plenty of examples of bums being released. Right. Yeah, you got your Tanya's and your aliens, but like Jason. You, know, you got your launch Jasons, and yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's plenty of examples of it not being fantastic too. So I, yeah, I just think it's not real. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a real thing. And we're talking League of Legends. Maybe that's a different story. Maybe that's a different story. But fighting games. Is there actually justification for that claim in know. League of Legends? Are you? Are you? I don't know. Casting aspersions on? <laughs> it's certainly something people say, but I don't know enough about it to tell you whether it's actually happening. Right. Or not. I think that's just—it's just the same thing, right? It's the same thing that when the people say it in the FGC, because there's the fifty percent example of it actually happening, whereas the other fifty percent—they're not that strong, but they just don't remember them. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it could be survivor-based bias. Right. I don't know. All right, we're moving on. Let's go to the next thing, which is going to be 5-5 five, five matchup. We have one topic that we want to discuss, and then we'll get to everybody else's viewer topics as well. Let's talk about skill-based matchmaking. Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> which has been an issue lately in other game communities. In, if you don't know what this is, this is matching players up by skill, right? Which is kind of how it would appear just by looking at the name. And that, is, that is what it is. Uh, this is an issue in part because the Call of Duty scene's been talking about it, basically. Uh, their new game has it in not just ranked, but also casual matches. Apparently it's always had that, and apparently this has been a topic of a conversation in the past, but here we are yet again. And even some of the top players are complaining about it. In part because it makes content harder, they say, because they have to like try hard each time, rather than like <laughs> actually just messing around for content i don't know that was a strange take for me but that's what some of them said uh and then if they're gonna have it be skill-based matchmaking some of them thought that they should at least get a cool rank title which doesn't exist in the game you just like play players who are about your skill level without having like warlord title or whatever you know demigod or whatever uh, sure. that's not something that they have so you know skill-based matchmaking um, some of them think that it takes the fun away from playing online. That is a, a, a thing that I've read not just from Scrubs, but from top players. What do you think about that? First uh, of I all... I think they're idiots. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was very succinct. No, it's already done. That was the conversation. But, <laughs> but what do you got, James? I was just going to say, when I first saw people talking about SBMM, I was like, Smash Brothers Mamma Mia? You know? Like, I mean... <laughs> Mamma 
Mamma Mia! What a reference! Oh yeah. my god. Anyways, go ahead, Tubo. Say what you said, but once again. I think they're all idiots. I think any argument against skill-based matchmaking is uh, someone who took a meme too seriously. Like it's it's very it's very clear and prevalent in any online competitive game, even in casual matchmaking. That's not necessarily ranked. Uh, you want people of somewhat similar skills playing each other. Otherwise, otherwise, the better players stomp on the low-level players, and those low-level players quit. Right. So if you want to keep any game alive. Period. You need skill-based matchmaking. And even if you want to like compare to like say not Call of Duty, if you look at Street Fighter Five, if you look at um, Dragon Ball Fighters, Grand Blue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you join a casual match, you still get matched with people around what your rank skill level is. Like that's just how it works because they they want people playing matches that are fun and competitive. They don't want good players or even okay players dunking on really low skill level players. Um, so it's just it's just it's very healthy for any game with any type of competitive play to have skill based skill-based matchmaking uh, in ranked or casual matches. It doesn't matter. You have to have it. But Tubaware, when I play a game that matches me up with somebody of my skill level, it matches me up with total random idiots. There's just stupid scrubs who keep doing stupid stuff all the time. Isn't that so, an obvious problem so, with your model? Sounds like you're isn't, a scrub. Sounds isn't like you're that your problem? Random isn't shit that, all the time. Shouldn't that be your problem, not mine? Well, the thing is, we made it our problem, and you got placed exactly where you belong. <laughs> Look. And that is a hard pill to swallow. There was uh, the, the point, my turnaround point during my quest to get to Diamond on Street Fighter V was literally, I was like frustrated that I couldn't make it out of Ultra Gold. And then I sat down, and I was like, am I actually better than Ultra Gold? Why do I feel like I should get out of Ultra Gold? And then I realized I wasn't better than Ultra Gold because I wasn't practicing. I was playing once a week. You know, I wasn't training. I wasn't doing it. I was like, there's no reason why I should be out of here. Why do I feel like I deserve that? And then as soon as I realized that, I put in the time. I played more often. And I started getting better. And lo and behold, you know. <laughs> and um, that's just the thing. It's like the hardest part is this, right? I mean... One of the answers that you can always give is give the players their choice, right? There's ranked matches for the matchmaking. You can have the casuals for the, you know, with the SBMM. You can also have casuals with just random match you up with whomever you dang well feel like it. The hardest part is you're splintering the community, right? You're splitting them into three different kind of lobbies and you don't want that kind of situation. So... Probably not a good idea to put all three, but if you have to pick one over the other, of course you're going to pick the skill-based matchmaking. That is what you need to do. Like, that's what you have to do. Anyone who wants to get good at a game or even enjoy a game, I mean, I guess there are people who do enjoy the game if all they do is just beat up on people all day because it makes them feel good about themselves. But... yeah. That's the thing is like, but you're not going to get any better, right? I mean, I, I even talked about it on commentary during this weekend. One of the reasons why Sien is so good right now is because he's making everybody else so good. You know, he's running these weeklies, getting everybody stronger. And in order for him to be able to beat all these players that he's making stronger, he has to get stronger too. And then he won a tournament. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's very telling that... 
one group of people who doesn't want skill-based matchmaking in casual matches is the group of, of top players who just wants to make content of them dunking on weaker players. Yeah. Like that that is a sign to me that the intentions behind not wanting skill-based matchmaking are not like I don't want to take this seriously. You know, I want to have just a uh, an avenue where like I can screw around or I'm not tryharding constantly. The motivation is to be a dick, right? I mean, that's that's the motivation there. <laughs> and and I'm not that's not a great way to design your game is to like foment dickery. That's not that's not gonna help the the scene, you know. So yeah, I I get it. I mean, I if they want to have an a, a, an explicit ranked that gives them ranks that they you know want instead as a way to like reward players who care about that sort of stuff, fine. Do you know make those changes? But but to get rid of skill based matchmaking is certainly not something I would want in my game. I'm no COD player, okay. So I don't have like a dog in this phrase, and if all that scene doesn't want it, fine, whatever, I don't care about it. But I can tell you, I do not want to not have it in any of the games that I. I like that David was like, let this be known, I am not a Call of Duty player, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Just really Look, making sure that you do not. Play if Call this of Duty. if this is more about like in casual matches, you know, maybe what. <sighs> What, what what really should happen, honestly, is that matchmaking shouldn't, I feel like, be separated into a bunch of different groups. Like, if you're going to have it so that, like, I want to play ranked, I want to play casual matches with people of my level, or I just want to be matched up with anybody so I can dunk on people or whatever like that, instead of creating three different queues, there should be one queue and you just turn on those options. I feel like it would be a little bit harder to do the matchmaking because then you'd be like, hey, I can pair these two. Oh no, they don't have the, this one wants only people of similar strength. This guy wants anybody, so don't match them. But I think it would work just fine. I think they could easily do that. But then that way you're not necessarily splintering the community because now if you only want to feel like playing ranked matches, you uncheck the other ones. If you feel like playing casual matches with anybody, you can check both of those and not the other one, and now you're not being taken out of the ability for people to play people of the equal strength just because you're waiting in the room for anybody. You know, I feel like there's there's ways they can handle this. I feel like there's ways that they can manage this, and, and it'll work just great. So just have well, like every, a little... Every option you potentially add to that splinters into another direction. But that's what I mean. So if you put them all into the same queue that they're waiting. Right, but but James, you can have them go to the same option, right? Right. And then you give them different options and each one breaks off into his own timeline. Because every person can check only one box. Or they can check them all. Or they can check any other Right, yeah. Uh, any other option. Like you're you're splintering even more doing Right. That. You don't wanna you don't wanna make it so that it's like nine options. But I think these three are pretty yeah, but that's yeah, also I, true. I, I, think, I think those content creators should suck it up and get even better so that they can dunk on the okay players yeah. rather than counting on getting matched up against someone who doesn't know how to move around in the game, you know, and just doing 360 no-scope, headshot, yo, fourth 20, yo, they'll blaze it, you know, look at my montage, like, fuck all that. Just get good and make real content or find different ways to be entertaining. Like That's yeah. not the game dev's problem. That's a you problem. So, I mean, it just—it made me like reevaluate these Twitter clips that I see occasionally of COD players or players of other shooters like, doing all these like dick 
shots that like shoot perfectly from really far away and then they like know exactly where people are going to be around the corner or whatever and now i'm thinking like they're just they must be just playing idiots during that time who aren't hiding or who are just doing the obvious stuff and they know that they're you know now i don't think that's as cool <laughs> and even as somebody who doesn't play shooters i've always been like wow impressive impressive headshot but now now maybe it doesn't matter uh, also i want to address the honestly reasonable point in the chat by Cheese uh, who says, hearing that out of me, meaning that I don't want people being dicks in games, um, <laughs> hearing that out of me is kind of bizarre. He loves being a dick in games, from what he says. Now, that's correct. However, I also know that people like me have to be contained. <laughs> I get it. As, as a game developer, I would, I would be thinking of me in designing a game and how it's ranked or just it's matchmaking in general works uh, people like me who are out there to be jerks should be limited in how we operate that's how the rules should be set up i know that yeah i mean and that's not inconsistent with me being a jerk in game i just i know it i i, I think <laughs> i don't even necessarily even agree with that because like like smug like smug likes to be kind of a troll he likes to jerk be a jerk sometimes to people but like yeah. he's super entertaining and he's super good and he can do it even against other good players and stuff like yeah i was gonna say smug does that against other top level players yeah so that was more or less why i was saying get good con right. content creator like if did you FPC just call them content creators stop it stop no nope. <laughs> stop Content creators. Uh, you just you just have a stuffed nose. Content creators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Enough about this then. But, Let's get to the. Oh, do you have more? No, no, it's fine. There's nothing left to say about this, really. James always has more. Moving on. Moving on. Let's get to the viewer questions of five five matchup. Can you bring those up? Let's uh, do that. I mean, I won't put There's them on screen. There's a long screen. list today. It's all right. I'll start getting through them. Here's yeah. number one of ten. There are ten questions. And again, we're going to get to one, maybe two of them. That's the rules. But feel free to submit again if yours doesn't make it in. One, SF5 recently had a character-specific challenge to win five ranked, five casual matches with Ryu for two different colors of the new Kyrie costume. What other different challenges would you like to see? Two. What was the best fighting game to fail to get any major success and or tournament play? Uh, by the way, that question, I didn't put it in the question itself, but in the Twitter uh, question, it said, except for MBCI. Oh, interesting. Okay. Three. Why have we never seen an indie team make a 3D-style game like Tekken or Soul Calibur? Four. How can you best use fighting games, which can be very stressful, as a way to escape and de-stress from the world being an especially awful place right now. Five, modern hype mechanics often help the losing player, like V-Trigger in Street Fighter V, but some 90s arcade classics have hype mechanics that favor the winner, like Dizzy in Street Fighter II or Being on Fire in NBA Jam. Why do you think this is? Which do you prefer for fun or competitive play? Six, fighting, which fighting games have the best and worst skill-based matchmaking? In what ways can fighting games improve matchmaking? Seven, should Capcom Pro Tour qualifiers for each region have commentators from the same region? Eight, 
with MKX being included for the PS Plus package on PS5, should this game live on together with the current Mortal Kombat, similar to Melee and the current Smash? To reference the point that we were making much earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. Nine, how do you see the role of commentators in educating casual audiences about fighting games? How should a good commentator walk the line between being entertaining yet educational? Ten, and the last one, what makes you optimistic about the future of fighting games? <laughs> and what makes you pessimistic? And the winner was that last question, number ten. Whoa. 31% of the vote. What makes you optimistic about the future of fighting games, and what makes you pessimistic? Wow, that's um, that's such an open question. <laughs> I like uh, that. I think that's a cool question. It's a, yeah, it is a good question. I, I agree. Also, before you said it one, one, I was hoping. I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. Totally. Because right. I don't I have a good answer. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking on okay, it I now. I thought about this a little bit, and, and I think one of the big things that makes me optimistic, I say two big things that make me optimistic right now. One is that there is a trend toward good online. It's not categorically the case, obviously, there are games that don't have good online play, but the trend is towards that. So devs that have put out bogus online play in the past, like Arxis, are working on uh, a good rollback, hopefully good rollback, for the future. It's not going to probably be ported to their previous or existing games but moving forward for the future which is what we're talking about right. that's something that i would expect to see it'll be on strive it'll probably be another stuff too and in capcom games street fighter 5's implementation of rollback is bogus but marvel infinites was a lot better so we see some progression in there and others are already doing it nrs is already doing it like it, many indie devs are doing it and have been doing it so that progression i think is cool the other thing that makes me optimistic is that most of an increasingly large amount of developers are or have been in the FGC. That's where they come from. And that's been the case for several years now, but it is even increasingly the case now uh, compared to before as people who previously held positions of authority or, you know, here and there, every once in a while, retiring or moving elsewhere, getting phased out for whatever reason. And they tend to be replaced by people who have experience in tournaments, taking competitive place seriously, that sort of stuff. And um, in some cases are people who like we've known personally who have, who have been involved. So I think that's something I'm really optimistic about as well because it means to me that there's more of a focus on satisfying the community and making games that the community mm -hmm. itself can, can play and enjoy. So to me, those are a couple of the big ones as far as optimism. What about what are you pessimistic about? Oh, do you want to do you want to save everybody's pessimistic for later? Yeah, or... are we good? Okay, sure. We're gonna do the optimistic first. Yeah, go for the optimistic first. All right. Did you think? Did you have an answer yet, Tubo, or do you want me to go? Uh, let's do the snake style because my optimism is my pessimism. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So my optimism, yeah. I mean, I largely agree with David. I've been saying that for the longest time now that I feel like the one good thing about the pandemic for the fighting game community is it's really emphasized the net code and that we're getting uh, a lot more discussion about it. I mean, like I said, we've heard the Dragon Ball producer literally say, yes, we know about rollback net code. We had that little round table where the developers talked about it and some of them were mentioning like the Fexel guy was like, dude, rollback net code is great. You know, like, um, that roundtable also made me feel very optimistic, too, because, 
it was unprecedented, especially for Japan, like to get those kind of developers to come together for a universal, you know, like we're helping each other kind of conference and sharing information and stuff like that, I thought was really, really important. Very cool as well. So, you know, I just, I see a lot of good trends in the fighting game community. The fact that Arxis is listening to the surveys, and so now they are putting in the rollback netcode. You know, uh, I just feel like that there's a lot of good signs. I, I feel like there's a lot of good things happening over here. And uh, I think hopefully we're going to start getting new and more creative ideas in this in this way to, to help people get into games. I mean, I hope we don't have AI predictive. Oh, you meant to do that? You know, that I hope we don't have. But, you know, okay. a lot of other things are actually uh, really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, honestly, that roundtable thing... I know a lot of people are like, I didn't get my KO at 15 and, and all this other stuff. But for me, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. And that's why I want to see another one. I don't want to see it be like, hey, let's try this. This sucked. And then they never do it again. Like, I want them to keep doing it because I think it's so important for the community. Because in the end... I hope all the fighting game devs can really kind of see that they're not really competing with each other. They're really working with each other. You know, our scene is not big enough that we're going to sit here and try to fight for the largest piece of the pie because you're really fighting for one slice. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> in, in the grand scheme of things. So uh, if let's just all work together to make that the tastiest slice as possible. So, yeah, I, I think I kind of went a different direction from you and David. Uh, when I think of FGC, I think of the people. I think of the players. I think of um, the relationships I've made and so on and so forth. I'm not necessarily thinking about the devs. I think that's obviously now they've made more of an effort to be part of the fighting game community, but um, they make the games that brought the community together. The, we didn't make the community and then the games came about. It was the other way around. So uh, they're like a, a different entity in my mind. So what I've, the optimism I've gathered from the FTC and the pandemic is we've shown that we won't stop that we are resilient. Uh, and that's been really shown through all these Parsec cloud servers, I think. That <laughs> uh, yeah. again, the devs are very separate from us. The devs are going to do what they want. They're going to listen to us sometimes and maybe make those changes to netcode, hopefully. But what we have is what we have right now. And what we have is a bunch of games that play like crap online. So we went out of our way and we're spending money out of our own pocket to play on these cloud servers just to make sure we can keep playing the games we love. So that that gives me hope that the pandemic won't kill the FGC. But, however, like I said, my, my optimism and pessimism go together. I'm also pessimistic about the future because I don't know if people are going to return to tournaments. I don't know if we're going to get 2,000 entrants for, you know... A new game. We're not like Grand Blue probably got screwed by the pandemic. We're not going to get you know fifteen hundred entrants for Grand Blue at the first offline major. It gets um, you know come whatever time next year, hopefully. Like so, those things got me worried that maybe like even though we're resilient, even though the core of us will stick around and keep playing fighting games, is it enough? 
because tournaments were growing and growing and growing. Now they're at a point where CEO can't back out of its contract and be like, well, we might only get half the people. Sorry, like that's not how things work, right? Combo Breaker still needs X amount of people to come. Evil still needs X amount of people to come. And I'm worried that we won't necessarily get those numbers our first year back. So I, I, I am a bit pessimistic about that. Yeah, I mean, I guess personally I'm not worried about that because I feel like that resilience that you talked about is going to carry through in that way too. Like we're all doing this Parsec stuff, but God, the first chance we get to stop doing the Parsec stuff, we'll probably be like, you know, (laughs) I know I will. (laughs) And I've been doing the Parsec stuff a lot, but like the first chance I get to stop doing that, man, I'm going to be back. But um, the only reason I'd be pessimistic about people not showing up to tournaments is just, the same it's not really pessimism but maybe concerned realism about the like plausible near-term future of our country in particular as well as some others but ours is in a particularly frustrating situation yep and that's hard to imagine getting way better uh so i don't know that i expect there to be majors that are attended internationally in the same way here in the U.S. If I were somebody from other parts, I would not be coming to this country anytime soon. Uh, so <laughs> to, to that extent, you know, for sort of other reasons, I would be, I could imagine there being a lower turnout. I'm not, though, worried about fighting game players or the community being being weaker. So I think that we are... I don't. I don't think people will stop doing things like Parsec. I think that's something we'll just keep doing. Uh, I mean, if you guys, you know, you you guys are involved in it directly, you can't always play offline. It's always been like that, ever since online, right? Ever since there was online play, some people have played online. And even if you like to go to the arcade, and even now, if you'd like to go to somebody's offline gathering, you are not only playing offline. Almost nobody does that. Almost everybody plays some online. So yeah, I think people will continue that sort of stuff, and we may not be, we may not have, whatever it was, thirteen thousand people at Evo. I don't remember the number, something huge. But there's going to be thousands of people there, I would think, and it's not going to be. We are not getting set back ten years, you know. We're, we are going to have trouble just in the sense that economically and politically, it doesn't look like great times in the near term future. But other than that, from a fighting game perspective and in other parts of the world, I think it's going to go fine. I hope so. I don't have any particular pessimism about fighting games. Maybe separate from the community. Even in the community, I'm just, again, my pessimism is only maybe more like realism in the sense of like, it's probably not going to go great just as living here is not going to go great super in in near term future. Right. But uh, uh, I don't have like particular pessimism about the games. I see a lot of reasons to be encouraged for the future. There's so many different kinds of games. There have been experiments in games. Um, There have been interesting new ideas played in games. There are games that you know, on one side of things are experimental, trying new stuff. On other sides are like, have been more or less the same game series for like 15, 20 years. And and I like all that stuff. And I'm expecting that the future will carry the same kind of thing forward of experiments and new games and trying stuff out and 
the trend certainly as well has been towards more balanced games. Again, this is not like categorically right, but right. certainly as a block of fighting games right now compared to fighting games 10 years ago, 15 years ago, much more balanced. It's like oh, clearly yeah. so. Absolutely. So that's that's the trend that's the trend for sure and I don't think there's any reason to be pessimistic about the games in their future. Well, so what do you feel pessimistic about then? I don't. You don't, huh? There's not. You don't have any areas of pessimism at all. Well, I mean, I I mentioned that I think that like the U.S. economy and political society is probably not going to be good, right? Soon, and for the foreseeable future. So that's something I'm not happy about, like as a general life thing. And yeah, that's that's less say, like that's not like fighting games. Yeah, that's just like everything in in life. But for other parts of the world, I don't think that that stuff's going to be as much of an issue. And I think that it'll be fine there. And even for us, you know, it's not going to be... God, if it's so disruptive that we can't play fighting games, I mean, obviously much worse things are happening at that stage. So I, I'm not... I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm... To the extent I'm pessimistic at all, it's just that. But as far as the games go and the community otherwise, no, I'm not really. All right. James? Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I've been kind of, like, trying to think of what I'm most pessimistic about. Really, honestly, I think the thing that I am most pessimistic about is just kind of the change in in the way that we're going to do it. Like, I know, like, the Combo Breaker guys had planned to go to a new venue. Obviously, Evo's going to has a ton of questions. You know, a bunch of events have shuttered. And uh, are probably never going to come back ever again, you know, kind of thing. And so there's a lot of... That's, I guess, is a little bit of the pessimism. But at the same time, that resilience that you talked about, I feel like, is going to keep it so that we're not going to suffer all that badly from there. Because for every event that's going to go away, a new one will probably come and take its place eventually. You know, you just open up another spot for someone else who really wants to try um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think, you know, kind of getting to a point where the biggest event that we have is kind of tainted right now is, uh, is something to be pessimistic from a, let's get much bigger point of view, but from a, will the FGC be fine point of view? We'll be fine, right? We'll, we'll be just fine. Yeah. So, um, The only real pessimism, I really guess, is just that, you know, that in the end, the devs do feel like they got to compete with each other. And then they really do, like, you know, not share tech and, and stuff like that. And, and, and we don't and we don't continue to try to grow as one community. But I just don't see, really see signs of that right now. I really feel like the, the signs really show that we're actually going in the right direction right now. So, uh I can't say I'm super pessimistic about anything right now. I think most things are actually kind of going well. Uh, despite the fact that, I mean, like, well in terms of the pandemic, right? Yeah, like David said, all the bad things related to the FTC and the pandemic are worse just because the, it, they affect life, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it's bigger than the FTC kind of thing. So It is definitely bigger. Yeah. All right, anything else to say about this question? Yeah, I'm a little worried that we haven't heard anything about KOF yet. 
And I'm a little more worried that we haven't heard any other fighting game announcements. We've got no Street Fighter Six announced, no Tekken 8, no Dragon Ball Fighters 2, obviously no new Marvel. Um, we haven't heard anything about new fighting games. Brand Blue was the last one, and KOF 15 got announced over a year ago, and we've seen nothing besides the logo. So that stuff worries me a little bit, but I wouldn't say it makes me pessim pessimistic to think that fighting games aren't being developed. It just sucks we're not hearing anything. Yeah. Give me some new you, you, you got to think that there was a big pause for months, right? Yeah. Maybe they were doing some work. I don't know. But certainly whatever scheduling they had was thrown off because everybody's scheduling was thrown off by the pandemic. So I'm sure that was true as well. I mean, even huge stuff. Halo's delayed, right? Like, it's gigantic. So for fighting games to be delayed, even if they haven't said that, that's kind of what I suspect is going on. And that doesn't bother me too much. I I'm not concerned that, like, KOF wouldn't come out or well, there no, would be some other man, game afterwards. Street Fighter Six is probably being worked on. You know, Tekken 8 is going to be in the... I want to see more Strive stuff. Like, man, yeah. I'm, just, oh, yeah, I'm, just I'm just ready for more info, you know? Sure, sure. I definitely agree with that. Hopefully soon. Well, uh, we will talk a little bit about this later, but there is some upcoming info that we'll get this weekend at TGS. Uh, the second highest voted question was what was the best fighting game to fail to get major success and or tournament play other than Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite if you think that should be the answer <laughs> MVCI doesn't deserve that answer dang, oh, dang. okay okay you played that game more than any of us yeah yeah I, I don't even dislike it but to, that that was not a complete game yeah. That needed another two to three full updates. And then yeah. it was a very good first version of a Marvel game. Right, yeah. But it wasn't finished. No, I, I honestly... How could how could anybody say anything other than Killer Instinct? Killer Instinct deserved more, for sure. The, Absolutely the, the, I mean, do you count Killer Instinct? Because it had a world tour, it was at EVO, it was at it Combo Breaker. It wasn't a Microsoft thing. The World Tour was right, done yeah, by yeah. Alexander and Rick and community guys, so I don't count that. Uh, it was at Evo twice, I believe, maybe three times. Yeah. Um, but each time it felt, at least as a KI player, I felt like it didn't get the love or respect it deserved, or, or the, love, the love or the respect that it, it was deserved. Um, it actually boosted player count uh, from 2015 to 2016. Like 200 something percent, like over double people entered. Right. Uh, and then the next year they cut it out of Evo. Right. So I, I I just feel like the the way Ki was treated was always like you know like the like the step cousin that yeah. married got married into the family and nobody really ever talked to her. Play like it was like yeah like Ki is there in the corner by itself whatever nobody cares hmm. about it. I mean it was maybe more that it was that you couldn't talk to it because it was using some different system that you yep. just interface with yep yeah that was definitely a huge problem was that yeah, it was, it was a Xbox i mean it wasn't even on a console that was better than the xbox 360 right it was on the xbox one <laughs> and one is right. less than yeah. 360 i mean clearly uh, yeah microsoft took way too long to put that game on pc and it sucks that it was a microsoft like it's own it's a rare game right right so microsoft owns rare so even if it wasn't getting ported to uh, PC. A damn sure wasn't going to PlayStation 4. So, 
Yeah. It was stuck. It was stuck. We were stuck using Xbox One, and it was the only fighting game played on Xbox One. So, unless you really wanted to play some KI, you probably weren't playing KI. So that definitely hurt it. But yeah, I don't think it got the love it deserved, even even close to what it deserved. That game mm -hmm. is incredible and still is today. Well, I absolutely agree with that, and I think that's a great choice, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there it did get some play, of course, right? Like you guys were talking about, but we've got over this a billion times. But you got to think that if it just somehow had not been an Xbox exclusive, <sighs> obviously it needed to be. But like, if it had not been. It would have been so much story. It would have been much more popular. There's no doubt about it. Um, but that was the that was the limiter. I would say that other than that game, I would say Pokémon. I'd say Pokémon. Oh. Interesting. Okay. I think that okay. game is super super good. And although I haven't kept up with it, I still enjoy watching it when it's at tournaments. They have mostly what well, nothing's at like a right. tournament now, I guess. But they still have their events every now and then and. I follow some of the people involved on Twitter, and I watch the stuff that they do. And it's still really fun to me to watch. It's just yeah. a really unique game as far as competitive fighting games go. You know, the idea of an arena fighter, I mean, it's been around forever, but as far as competitive takes on that idea and the switching between that and the 2D phases, the phase aspect of it's really unique. Some of the characters have really unique options. The inputs are all unique compared to most fighting games. Like, it's just a really interesting game. And so, I played it a lot when it was first out. You're not and gonna say not you're not gonna say competitively. You're not gonna say Street Fighter Cross Tekken, huh? No, I <laughs> got exactly amount the amount of uh, play that it deserved. It got what it deserved. Okay. Which was <laughs> honestly a substantial amount. Like it was at Evo a couple of times. It had a lot of play in a lot of majors. Okay. A lot okay. of people were playing it at locals. I don't think that game was like underplayed or anything. Okay, okay, I, okay. I feel like it, maybe it, maybe it could have lasted longer, but it was certainly played like a lot for like yeah. two years. No, I would say that Pokémon is is the one because it's right. it certainly has players, but the larger FGC didn't really approach right. it. Just a couple of fighting game players did. It was mostly players who were new to fighting games or were from Pokémon. So yeah, I, I that's for me. That's the, okay. I mean, if I go along the route that Tubaware went, Tubaware went, I mean, probably I would kind of, uh, if, if, if like being at Evo a couple of times is still enough to make it so that a game qualifies for this, my answer would be King of Fighters 13, I think. So, because uh, I just feel like that game should have been bigger. The game was beautiful. The game was exciting. The game was really, really... Uh, it's just, it was just such a nicely made game. And the scene was exciting. The finals that we had at EVO were great. And yet somehow the game never really caught on. You know? I mean, maybe it was because it was long. Maybe because the execution was weird on it or something like that. But it was like, I mean, for the past few years, it was clearly the best KOF, you know, of the most recent KOFs. And, like, to me... You know, I, I I loved that Tekken 7 regained the Tekken glory kind of thing, you know. And so I feel like KOF 13 probably should have did that for KOF, to be honest with you. So, um, I feel like yeah. for a while, everybody I, like, I knew was playing that game. I feel like every every fighting game player I knew was playing KOF for a while. You you know, I, feel so? like, I feel like it was at one point the most popular, maybe the second most popular after Street Fighter 4. Really? Maybe the third no. after Marvel. Yeah, I would say, man, back in the Street Fighter 4 days, it was Street Fighter 4, yeah. Marvel, and everything else. Oh, but, but among those everything else, I feel like 
This didn't last super long, but for a while, everybody I knew was playing KOF 13. Maybe that was just a, maybe it just was my friends. I don't know. I'm more surprised neither of you said Skullgirls. Really, I feel like Skullgirls is a game that's had a great scene for like. It never seven, made Evo seven years, eight, eight years. Never uh, had that's a. That's true. Or, I mean, I would uh, be. I would support past eight years, which is unheard of. I mean, I would probably even say, you know, Soul Calibur Six, right? Because uh, mm, I feel like that game's maybe. never gotten kind of the shine that it's deserved to have. But I could see that. I mean, look, the most recent example, of course, is Grand Blue, but we all know oh, why yeah. that is. Yeah, that, that was... It would have been yeah. huge. We all know it. <laughs> Just a pandemic. Just a pandemic. Hey, sorry, everybody. <laughs> Uh, hopefully we don't have to experience this again in our lives, but everything in science is saying that we probably will. So buckle up, guys. I mean, the the craziest thing about it too is that, um, you know, it's it would have been. I, I just can't understand how the previous administration didn't have a pandemic plan already in place and like tried to teach the current administration about the potential of that uh, and not form a pandemic team. To actually handle this particular situation, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's, weird. it's very weird. 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 <sighs> oh yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I I was just surprised he hasn't say Skullgirls at all. Yeah, I can see. I mean, it should have been an Evo. I, I would say that. But other than that, it's been at big tournaments for like seven years, and that's better than many games get. So yeah, very true can only be so upset about it. Uh, are there any other questions that you guys want to tackle here? Maybe we've got time for one more if you are curious. Yeah, interested. I'm taking a look at the results here. So, SF5 recently had a character-specific challenge. Uh, what other different kind of challenges would you like to see? Uh, uh, why have we never seen an indie team make a 3D style game like Tekken or Soul Calibur? Is that really true? Has that never been? I think it's probably just because it's harder to make, to be honest with you. Um, how can you best use fighting games, which can be very stressful, as a way to escape and de stress from the world? Uh, modern hype mechanics often help the losing player, like V Trigger. So this one I do kind of want to address, but in Street Fighter, you know, but some in the '90s arcade classics have hype mechanics that favor the winner, like Dizzy in SF2 or being on fire in NBA Jam. I do want to address that only because they put Dizzy in there specifically as a way for people who are behind to make the comeback. You know that they they can actually they they call they described it as like the long piece in the Tetris block. How like your your thing is getting stacked up, and all of a sudden this thing can save you or rescue you by clearing. So if you have a life deficit, you can still make the comeback by knocking him dizzy and getting a free combo. So dizzy kind of works in both ways, and same for on fire as well because. One of the only ways sometimes to make a comeback in NBA Jam was to make those three shots in a row so that you got on fire. So those both of those mechanics work both ways. I wouldn't say that those are necessarily uh, winner, you know, kind of focused ideas. So that's that's kind of the, the only thing I want to say. I, I do think that, you know, making it so that, you know, hey, the more you beat up the opponent, the stronger you get is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, don't do those kind of winner-benefiting tactics. Uh, I do like, uh, you know, uh, comeback mechanics, just not like... Uh, 
not like not like uh, the way that they have it that they're kind of free. You know, like some hey. some ways, like the Persona one, the Persona Four one. I'm sorry, Persona, yeah, Four actually ones, or even like KOF, where you get more meter, but you know you can still die really badly. It's not like hey, yeah, this hey, round I got a free Ramblu. Ultra. But what was that? I'm sorry. Ramblu doesn't do that. Right. Ramblu, you don't. There's no comeback mechanic. Mm-hmm. And the only way you build meter in Ramblu is by moving forward and making people block your attacks or hitting them. Yeah. So there's no real comeback mechanic in Grand Blue. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think... I guess what I was saying is that game rewards you for beating up your opponent and it still feels absolutely fine. I don't think you have to have a comeback mechanic. I don't think that's necessarily a 90s thing, like a early game yeah, development thing. Yeah. That, like I, I, I just think it's something that fighting games t- tended to go towards for a little bit. And I hope that that is done with. I know that it's not, but I really hope that it's done with because one of the things I like about Grand Blue is you are not rewarded for losing. I mean, even in Street Fighter 2, they revealed that the person who lost the first round got a slight damage buff. Right? I mean, comeback mechanics have kind of existed forever. Racing games, the rubber band matching, you know, the rubber banding and stuff like that. Comeback mechanics are as old as time. I don't think that they're crazy. It's just they've become much more prevalent Stuff with, like, X-Factor 3 just being just, like, oh, my God, Virgil just murders everybody in, like, four hits, you know? Like, that's the problem. I don't know. I'm cool with games that have both sides of it. I, don't, I hope that both of them continue to exist because I think that they're both fun in just different ways. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. Um, how can you best use fighting games, which can be very stressful as a way to escape and de-stress from the world being an especially awful place right now? Uh, I really think that the key to this is understanding when to step away. Because a game, and it's not just fighting games, but any game, can be great for de-stressing. But if you reach a point at which you start to become stressed, playing more is not going to de-stress you. It will continue to stress you worse. So knowing when to step away is huge because that means that you can avoid the stress uh, for that play session and also keep in your mind that you don't feel stressed for the next time you play. And so you will approach it with a less stressed mindset, right? The more that you do this of sort of stressing yourself out, continuing to play, stressing yourself out, the more likely you are to not want to play next time or to begin next time by playing stressed, by feeling stressed. And, you know, I know I know that because I've been in that situation however many times and other people have that I know as well. And if you can recognize when you begin to feel stressed, that's the time to step back. Until that point, yeah, I think that they can be great to enjoy and play the game and understand strategy. And, uh, that that can all be a big de-stressor, at least for me. Yeah, I, I would just say don't. Don't don't play fighting games to de-stress. <laughs> Take a different job. They're, they're sweating games. They're 1v1. There's no escape. It's not. You have to be very focused if you want to win. I would play something like Slay the Spire or another right. card game. Like, I'd play something very soothing that I don't have to put a whole crap load of brain power into just to survive the next level. That's that was my suggestion. Pick a different game. And what some people in the chat are saying is that they use, like, Azor uses combos as a way to mm-hmm. de-stress. So to go into training mode and just do combos over and over again. So mm-hmm. there's multiple ways you can play a fighting game, right? It doesn't just mean that you have to be... That's true playing competitively maybe you're in training mode looking for new stuff or trying out new combos or just practicing combos you know is a way to de-stress 
Yeah, Mar Marvel 3 training mode is a, a good example of that, I think. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Oh, Marvel 3 training mode. That's why I always say that's my fighting game on an island. If I had no one else For to sure. ever play and I can only have one fighting game, Marvel 3 is it right there. All right, let's move on to other news. Head up there to the game and community section. So this weekend is Tokyo Game Show 2020 online. I'm sure that'll be showing a lot of stuff off, but included among that is some stuff from Capcom. And included among that is Street Fighter League Pro JP Part 1. <laughs> That'll be at sure, on, yeah. on, <laughs> That'll be on Friday at seven a.m. Said that so. Fighter Five, Super Turbo, super <laughs> fluidly and super catchily there. Is Thanks, it the man? I worked it, on that all day. Is that the and Series then, X as well? So more importantly, they are gonna have stuff about Dan. They have specifically said so. Oh really? Saturday, September twenty-sixth at twelve ten p.m. I think this is Greenwich Mean Time that they have this in. Um, but, you know, do the translation for wherever you are. I guess that would be 5 in the morning for us in Pacific Time. Hmm. They will have Street Fighter V Champion Edition presentation, including translations, new information on Season V, including Dan Hibiki, who would be added in the season. God, do you think they'll actually talk about the new mechanic? Maybe. Ooh, okay. I don't know, but I, I know that they're going to at least talk about Dan... Yeah, I think I'd be surprised, honestly, if they went that far. But I, I do expect, well, here they're saying it, that they're going to talk about Dan at least. Okay. They're also going to have Monster Hunter, etc. Whatever. I don't know. Some other stuff. <laughs> it's much more popular. <laughs> Almost everybody who cares about a Capcom game is like, Monster Hunter! And always, I guess they'll talk about Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the exact opposite. Uh, in community news, that's all for games. That's all I got. Okay. In community news... There's a new game developing company what been created, and that's called Future Club. Okay. And it was created by X Lab Zero oh, developers. Oh, that's right. Okay. This is a from their press release says a cooperatively structured independent game studio founded with the goal of creating games with handcrafted art and traditional 2D animation, engaging and responsive gameplay, and unique and memorable worlds. So notice right off the bat, cooperatively structured, so yep. it's going to be a co-op that will not have exclusive control like Mike Z ended up happening uh, right. having with Lab Zero. Good. <laughs> and that's many of the people involved. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So excited to see what comes out of that. I also wanted to highlight a few things that happened at PAX Online. PAX couldn't happen. I don't know if you heard there's a pandemic, but that meant that they couldn't have their normal panels that they tend to have. They tend mm -hmm, to have like mm -hmm. lots of really interesting panels. And so instead they did them online and we were a part of a couple of them. So one was how the FGC can evolve and adapt beyond COVID-19. That had James and me and Justin Wong and Alex Jabaley, and it was hosted by Jake James Lugo. There was also Fight for the Future, how the FGC can improve, featuring us, and also Alicia X Life, Cuddlecore, and Big Cheese, and it was hosted by David Giltonen. Uh, both of those were cool. You know, we talked about some of the same stuff in each one of them, but the first one was much more exclusively about like how is COVID affecting us and how yeah. will it move forward. And the other one was more about 
of you know all of the sort of terrible news that had come out in the FGC not long ago, and thinking about how to move forward from that, as well as how to move forward from other problems that we've had as well. I thought they were cool. They were cool conversations. Uh, you can check them out. They were on twitch.tv slash pax2 and twitch.tv slash pax3. And you can see all of them at youtube.com slash paxofficialyt. So if you're curious, okay. check out pax panels there. There were many more, of course, not just the ones that we were on. Cool. You can investigate them. Then also Twitch is highlighting Hispanic and Latinx streamers on Twitch uh, for Hispanic Heritage Month, which is pretty cool. just wanted to give them a shout-out for that. They announced it in kind of a unfortunate way that people in some cases weren't happy about, but um, they have since tightened it up a little bit, and they're doing better. Uh, that's cool. They're just highlighting streamers of that heritage, and you know you can see them on the front page. Check that out. Cool. Also, we talked about this last week, but they had an experiment of forcing mid-roll ads <laughs> in streams. And let me get the tweet here. Here's how they phrased it, all right, when the, when the initial tweet came out. Uh, oh, they have deleted that? Seriously? Oh, no, okay. Uh, Starting today, we'll be testing automated mid-roll ads for some viewers. These ads will directly support the creator and won't run if the viewer has had an ad break in that channel recently. Your feedback is welcome to help shape this feature. That was on September 14th. Yes. Follow-up. September 17th. Thank (laughs) you for all of your feedback. We have completed the mid-roll ads test. Ads are an essential part of keeping Twitch freely available, and we understand your concerns. We'll continue (laughs) to work on ways to improve the viewer ad experience and give streamers more control. So this basically exploded instantly on them. And they killed it within three days, uh, almost immediately in other terms. Like, just enough time for them to have, like, board meetings. Like, enough time for there to be, like, meeting, meeting, email, meeting. It's the next day. Meeting, email, meeting. It's time to announce it. And then the next morning they announced it. Like, it was immediately. Dude, the, there, uh, there was one clip where it happened exactly. I forgot what the guy was watching. It happened, yes. Yeah, there was he the was guy watching, watching the, the clip. Five showcase. What was it? It was watching the PlayStation 5 show. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. on his stream. And while he was about to get hyped for some game that they were showing off, uh-huh, uh-huh. voila, an ad. Yep. And then when it came back, it was, like, gone already. And he was like, whoa. He was like, Twitch. Twitch, are you serious? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I feel like this wasn't a test to see... Uh, if it helped them generate revenue. This was a test to see how many users and viewers they lost doing something like right. this. That's that's what I that's what I feel. Because it was so fast and they did change the bag so quickly that maybe they just wanted a bit of a sample to see how much of this shit can we get away with before right. people get real mad and stop using our service. Well that was definitely an idea created by somebody who's not super invested in watching Twitch themselves. So right. I could understand how this is just like yeah, maybe let's experiment a little bit. And then other people in the room are like, do you mean with, like, the 100 million people who love watching Twitch every day? You want to screw with that? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know, why not? And they did. And just, Same thing right. again, dude, with the hand on the table saying, this will be a terrible idea and thrown out yeah. the window. <sighs> Correct. I, 
So just that don't, sucked. Don't um, get it, man. That's... Like how these companies just have so much disconnect with their people, you know? <laughs> I bet a lot of the people audience. who are at Twitch are people who are fans of Twitch. But the question is, are the people who are in specific positions like whoever leads marketing? Is that like some particular Twitch fan? Right. I bet that person like Dunkin' Donuts advertising before or whatever, something completely <laughs> unrelated. Like right. he was at Raytheon before. Like it doesn't it's they're advertising. They're right. not somebody who's hired because they're specifically about Twitch. Anyway, that's over. So shout outs to that. That's all I got for news. There's some upcoming things. Like I said, Tokyo Game Show twenty twenty online is this weekend. Look for Dan details and Street Fighter League. This coming <laughs> weekend also is CPT Online South America, which I'll be commentating with Ringe. Uh, then there's also the last weekend of Celtic Throwdown, which will be for Tekken 7 and Street Fighter 5. Yeah, I'll be helping with the Street Fighter 5 this weekend, so... Sweet! Cool. That's yeah. it! That's all I got for news. What else is going on, everybody? What do you got in your uh, lives? They announced the new hero in Teppin. And, what, uh, what hero is it? And I was very, very surprised. I did not expect it at all. And uh, it's Amaterasu. From Okami. They That's announced, pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to put a new franchise. There had been no Okami references in Teppin at all. And then they added Amaterasu as a hero. And then they added a bunch of Okami cards. And they also added a bunch of Sengoku Basura uh, cards as well. So they've added two franchises to Teppin. And uh, I was wow. actually really surprised by that. They've been revealing cards little by little, and everything seems super busted again, as as it yeah. as new cards always seem to be. But uh, it's pretty exciting so far. I mean, it's 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 nice to see new franchises, new cards, and and uh, and finally some good purple stuff that's coming up. You know, so I mean, for a while purple was. I was right about purple all along, I'll tell you that much. So, but like now finally they're actually uh trying to buff purple it feels like. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Play Rocket Arena. Play Rocket Arena. That's <laughs> Play watch me play Rocket Arena. Matter of fact, don't even play the game. Watch me play it on twitch.tv forward slash doubleware. Thanks. Do you feel like you need to specify forward slash? Yeah. What if somebody typed in twitch.tv slash backslash two over? That they will go to a weird directory that you don't want to go there. So and nobody's done that in a thousand years. Why don't you just say slash yeah. forward slash? I don't know. God, yeah. we used to you... always say that. We used to always say that. I know like we forward, used to yeah. because people used to you be unclear I'm, what slash I'm, it was. HTTP colon slash slash. Yeah, definitely. I remember. Now I don't even remember which slash is which because it's been so long since I used a, whatever the other slash is. And teachers telling me that every website you had to put in HTTP colon, and I would go to a website without it. But look, you're old and dumb. Yeah. You don't have to put that into the website. All right. That's I mean, how old I am. Yeah. The the crazy part is remember when Control Enter would automatically put the, uh, you know. HTTPS www dot and the dot com at the end of things on browsers and I that was like the greatest thing, dude. Oh man. www dot com. Yep. Wow, this is a sick link. I just clicked the link that was provided by Zygon here in the chat to Serial Killers, which oh, apparently yeah, CJ is, talked about that. Yeah, I hadn't heard about this. 
This is a crowdfunded fighting game that oh my is God. full of serial-inspired mascots. So there's like Tony the Tiger and Captain Crunch. Dude, the Raisin Bran son is there. <laughs> wow, this is actually super sick. There's a toucan? Yeah, there's absolutely zero way that any lawyers would allow this to get away. There's... I think many many of these serials are actually owned by the same shadowy mega corporation that I was referencing earlier. And I don't know which one that is. I don't remember, but whatever the lawyers are, like don't care about your fighting game. They're definitely going to see and it. But this is a cool idea. Cool idea. I'm trying to well, remember. The art's actually super sick. Fifteenth, so the art's cool. You see this? Yeah, I'm trying to figure oh, out who all never, the characters. Making the game, from what I can tell. Say what? The official Serial Killers demo Indiegogo crowdfunding campaign goes live October 15th. Wow. So have they even started making the game yet? I can't even tell. That's a good question. If they can make it so that this is not Tony the Tiger, what if this is like Boney the Tiger? It's not Tony the Tiger. It's it, They gave him a different name. And he looks nothing like Tony the Tiger. To yeah, I mean, it's clearly that these characters are, you know, inspired. But, I mean, the fact that it's so... Like, clearly... <laughs> I wonder if they can get away with this. Because it's even called oh. Serial Killers, right? I mean, like... Yeah. Well, if you scroll down a little bit, they actually have a standing light attack animation for the character Terror T. Yeah, who Terror is a Tiger. Yeah, I get it. It's the Tiger. Yeah. So that's not Tony the Tiger. That's Terror T, I guess. I mean, if I'm... If I were a lawyer, I'd be, like, a little bit concerned, but... You are a lawyer, David. If I was a lawyer involved in game you development... Are a lawyer. If I was a game development lawyer, I'd be a little concerned. I mean, the question is, you know, I hope they can come up with something a little more than this. Like, I mean, yeah, okay, you're making a fighting game based off of these characters like this, but that's just a standing jab animation, but, like... I don't know, I feel like there's a lot more, like, kind of inside jokey things that you can do, like... Like, when this guy swings, like, flakes should just be flying everywhere or something like that. You know, like, I just, I don't know. There's, I feel like there's more that they can do, but we'll see. This is obviously still very early in development. This is, in fact, a 2D fighting game in the vein of Marvel vs. Capcom. And in that same tweet, they have a couple of backgrounds that look pretty cool. One is maybe, like, where the parrot dude's from. And another one is, like, what if... What if a Guilty Gear stage had spoons instead of whatever the other crazy giant things are going on in the background there? <laughs> you take a look at that. Oh cool. my god. They're fighting in a cereal bowl, essentially. They are. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they look sick, man. These are very cool-looking designs. Yeah, I'll try it out when it comes out. How about that? You got it. Uh, I haven't been doing crap. What have I been doing? Um, my... Wife and I have been uh, just been like doing work. Uh, my wife and I have been watching a lot of speedruns lately. She's become a particular fan of Mitch Flower Power and his uh, uh, Super Mario runs. So we've been watching a lot of Mario Three and a lot of Super Mario World and related hacks. And now she knows words like Kaizo and ROM hack and all sorts of, and and regrab jumps and like all sorts of stuff. How it's how super sick. much does that turn you on, David? <laughs> thumbs up thumbs up um, 
So, uh, so I have bought a couple of uh, Super Nintendo style pads for the Switch from 8-Bit Doe or whatever it is. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're we're gonna play some of that. That's pretty cool. But here's the funny story. So we're watching Mitch Flower Power, her favorite, and we were like, we weren't watching live. We were checking out the archives. And so the archives have, you know, he's playing Mario 3, he's playing Hacks or whatever it is. And then some of the archives are really brightly colored, very brightly colored clips. And so we clicked on it. What is this game that's so brightly colored? This looks interesting. It's Fall Guys. And it's which I one? didn't say it was Fall Guys. Oh, I didn't say anything about my thoughts about Fall Guys. I was just like, oh, this game's called Fall Guys. Here's what it is. It's a, you know, a lot of players playing at once. You're trying to get to the end of this stage. Sometimes you're trying to stay alive for a long time. I didn't give her any hint that I think it's the stupidest game of the year. Uh, and so we start watching, and it's the one where Mitch is playing. And um, it's the one where you are, like, trying to get through doors, but some of the doors don't open. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. They are. It's the stupidest idea in the world. And so Mitch is, like, leading. Like, he's actually really good somehow. And he was leading. He was first place. And then he just ran into a door, and it was wrong. Uh-oh. And she was like, "Is there? do you know which doors are even open? And I was like, no, it's just random. And you don't know. And so you just have to, should you be in first? Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should be in the middle of the pack. And then that way you can find. And then at the end of it, when you, like, jump down, you jump down, and your guy, like, goes, and he, like, falls over, right? He's like, and he's just stuck, stuck there for a little bit before he gets yeah. up and he begins like waddling like a little super slow character again. And she was like, so this game seems really slow. And it seems it's random, so there's no strategy. So <laughs> why, is, why is anybody playing this game? It seems stupid. This game sucks. David, you have to turn this stream off right now. I don't want to watch any more of this. Get me out of here. It was like It went from like, hmm, to like, I need to escape this immediately in like 20 seconds. And I turned to her and I was like, I've rarely been more proud of you than I am. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking, David, just like, there's that picture of the guy fanning himself because he's all sweaty. He's just like, Whoo. oh my God. Yeah. Just, yeah. Kenley, yeah. Oh, stop talking. See, I, can't, yeah. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, so man. there it is. All right. So she thinks it's stupid. And I was like, yep, you're absolutely right. Good for her. Good for her. At that time, I knew she was the one. Finally, after all these Finally. years. Finally. <laughs> I'm glad that you found the one, David. Yeah. Eight years into this thing, I'm like, you know, might be a keeper. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's all I got. Cool. All right. Well, I have nothing. Okay, I can tell. Because it got real quiet. James, do you have any anything? Uh, not really, not really. Just, uh... Ending on a positive high note, everybody. We got a fantastic show. I'm glad everybody <laughs> enjoyed it for so long. Let's kill it before it gets gross and old. All right. Have a good night, everyone. That sounds, that, that's right. not good advice to give to me, David. <laughs> James, come on. Oh, right. man. So, you going to burn him? Burn him, yep. I hear the bird. James officially giving everybody on stream the bird. How That's right. Enjoy the bird. Whoa, my cat is meowing at me because he hears the bird. Meow.
You are meowing like crazy here. He hears the bird and he knows it's food time. This is what my cat does. Cats are geniuses. Yeah.